0: expand the eye inside and you will find that within this process of coming through the grapevine of the conscious tribe we're stepping forward here to shift paradigms this is Brendan and you're tuned in for another exciting paradigm shift team building video hangout here with a little extra bonus free soft flow tree on the top of that and of course as per usual I'm joined by some amazing fellow shifters so guys we know what to do let's unmute our microphones and say hello to the beautiful people of the internet
1: Hello, Internet. All
0: right. Thank you so much, guys, for being here tonight. And uh, of course, this is going to be. The first Paradigm Shift team-building hangout that we've had in over a month, the last one that we had was around May 28th-ish, and obviously now is June 30th, so a lot has happened, and reminding people as to like what this is, what this is about, this is about the ongoing game to help shift consciousness. And within the team-building hangouts, it's a place for us to be able to catch up, to be able to share how the journey has been unfolding from our perspectives, to give each other updates, to talk about future projects we're doing or future intentions, also talking about our common popular themes, even lucid dreaming, dream exploration. Lots of really cool stuff, and of course, just inviting you guys who are tuned into this in the future, and also you guys who are also in the team building hangout with me right now to just share this show, invite our friends, let's get the word out there that Paradigm Shift is live, and give people the opportunity to even join in. So reminding you guys in the future to join in with future Paradigm Shift team building hangouts. These are interactive, and this is a place for us to be able to practice talking about Things that we don't normally get a chance to talk about, but in particular related to the shift in consciousness, so very exciting stuff, and thank you again for being here. So. In terms of basic team fundraising and team information and all that basic stuff, we can get to that a little bit later, but let's open up the microphone and hear from some of our fellow shifters. So what we'll do, guys, we'll just go around the circle and we'll say our names or our code names or anything like that, and if you guys just want to give a quick introduction and a little bit where you're from and a little bit of how the uh, how the journey has been unfolding from your perspective, uh, just in a short form version for now, and then we'll go around the circle again so um, with that said does anybody want to volunteer to go first and I will say people wise um, familiar faces those of you who tuned in in the past we have Ashley we have Kyle we have Michelle and we have Sean and myself Brendan so um, Kyle it looks like you're eager to go first is that is that you good for that oh, I think you thought you were like yeah Kyle feel free to unmute yourself and jump in if, if you want to oh, introduce yourself yes. first
2: I said I said, yeah absolutely yeah yeah um,
0: like yeah mute wise yeah. Yeah, yeah okay so Kyle, Kyle Kyle a regular here definitely um one of the lieutenants within this Awesome, awesome tribe of shifters, so thank you so much for holding the fort while I was gone at the uh, recent Ohm Festival, which is something I do want to talk about in this broadcast. Um, since the last time, within a quick update, it's just like, yeah, from my perspective, I was at a transformational festival. Some beautiful things happened there, and I'll be able to tell you guys more about what I brought back, as well as future visions and intentions for the project. But again, Kyle, we'll pass it over to you, and... Um, based on the last dream class that we had on sequence, we were just talking beforehand, and it was really interesting, because that, within that class, we were talking about the dream herbs, and we were talking about different different methods for being able to just like remember our dreams, and then you went you you went on a side mission and picked up some herbs, and you said there's some interesting synchronicities along the way, so feel free to share that and any other updates that you got for us, man.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. How's it going, everybody? <clears throat> it has been a while since we've been able to you know, for a team building hangout, and try and stay updated, and yeah, no problem. I'm always always trying to facilitate something. Um, yeah, when you were gone, and, and I had to pull some people together just to sort of hang out and do the thing, and we we ended up pulling in, we ended up pulling in a guy named John, and he was uh, you know, just trying to sort of watch, but we ended up pulling him into participation and talking to him, and I brought um my buddy. My buddy Matt in, I just sent him another link to see if he wants to join in with us tonight. Um, yeah, it was very, very interesting. Roman was in that one, I believe. He was in there with us, and uh, it was him, me, and Matt. We had five or six people in there at one point. People were just listening, and Amelia had one of her uh, one of her friends with her there, so there was two people on one camera. Um, obviously obviously wasn't broadcast. It wasn't live, but it was. It was definitely a good. Um, it was definitely a very good, very good meeting we had. Uh, there was a lot of synchronicities in that one too. Um, as far as from last night, yes, I went on a side mission. We had talked about um, the dream state, and you know, it's it's you know everyone's talking about their dreams, and sometimes you become like you're like. Oh, man, I, I have a hard time in dream recall. I mean, you know, it's probably for a couple of different reasons or whatever. But um, So i got to try and sort through those and, and figure everything out. I think one of the biggest ones for dream recall for me is uh, just being, trying to focus on that when you wake up and trying to focus on what, what was I, what did I do, this, up the third, and all the different details. Um, but yes, we talked about the herbs and everything like that. I went on a side mission to go get some because I was very intrigued and very determined that I would have a a very lucid dream experience. Um, I was very determined to sort of grab onto that, you know, not expecting it to just happen the first time or, you know, have any kind of large result. And I guess you could say that there really wasn't any giant large result, but it was it definitely did the job that it was supposed to do, I'll say that. It uh, The valerian root and the patchman flower both are very good for, you know, if you have like anxiety or tensions like that, it just sort of lets that melt away. It doesn't happen, any, you know, that tightness in your chest or whatever just sort of dissipates and stops the hamster wheel in your head. So that was pretty good. Um, Pretty good combo. I used those two. I used lemon balm and I used catnip. In addition to, you know, the two I previously said, the valerian root and the passion flower. Um, The four of those, it was very nice herbal mixture. There, sort of herbal alchemy, I guess I'll call it. It was pretty good. Um, You know, definitely it's not going to taste great. I didn't put any sugar or anything in it. In it. Because I'm drinking it right before I'm going to bed, so <clears throat> just sort of want the uh, want the herbs to just you know do their thing. Mm-hmm. It was very soothing. Um, you know, my muscles felt very relaxed. It was great. Actually, I felt like I should maybe drink some of that after a nice workout, and then you know just relax that way. Because I or stretch, you know, drink some of that and then stretch. I feel like could be very beneficial. Mm-hmm. And you know nothing. Nothing we're talking about is like a super overpowering sort of like intoxication. It's just what the herbs do. It just, you know, makes you more relaxed. You know, just, it does, the chemicals aren't like super crazy. You know, we're not talking about getting messed up here. It's just makes you feel relaxed and, and, and lighter in, in nature. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, it, it, was, it was very good uh, experience and... <clears throat> I, d- I will say I definitely had some good vivid dreams and they were a lot more clear than they usually were. I was more in the moment in my dream and some of all the haze was gone. There wasn't a lot of haze and fog in the dream. It was just more, more or less me being there. And um, when I woke up, it was kind of hard for me to, uh, kind of hard for me to like, you know, pinpoint everything of what I did. You know, I have, the memories of what um, was going on, but I I really couldn't tell you what I was dreaming about. Still, I just mm. I have some images and some feelings, and I know it was cool. I know I know the clarity was there.
0: Um, yeah, like I was gonna say, like in think, terms of what you feel, you brought back, like even just in terms of feelings, um, like you said, like you definitely. It's interesting because it's just like you know you experienced something but you don't know exactly what you experienced. But, like, yeah. what I was going to say, like, what did it, fe- did it feel like important, valuable, or, like, extra something? I'm curious.
2: Um, yeah. Because most of my dreams do, uh, and I have this tendency to, like, when I dream and go in that state, it's, it's it's very, it's always very intense, you know. It's always, I'm a very intense dreamer, so when I'm there and the clarity is working and everything's, you know, ticking right. The dreams are very powerful clear and clear. And it's like sometimes you might be doing something mundane, but the feeling is like it's important that it has to be done or something. something strange like that. I mean, I wouldn't say it's very uh, – it, it, it's hard because, like I said, I couldn't pinpoint what I was doing exactly. I just know that I was there, I was in the environment, and I have like some images in my head, but they're like, so flashy, you know what I mean? They're so flashy. I think some of that is being able to just maybe, you know, it'll come as it as it does. It. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. So like, sure being able to time.
2: remember more is going to, you know, obviously take a little bit more focus when I wake up, it's going to have to be like, of meditate out
0: of that guess. yeah it's interesting to think how like working with that plant encourages you to like meditate more because it seems that through meditation you sort of access like the like delicate nature of its precision so to speak it's just like it will give you extra vision but like yeah meditation is how that vision will reveal itself to you so in a sense like you could work with it and not always like use it to its full potential so I like this is me just theoretically going off this and for any of the dream plants really but I naturally would assume that meditation would be a good way to remember your dreams in general as well as in addition with a plant that would be calling that part and that habit into action because I mean yeah like meditating in the morning when you wake up is like super effective and even just to like do that and go back to sleep for a little bit is actually yeah. um, something I like to do but yeah um, let's, um, let's let's talk about this just a little bit more anything else you want to say and then we'll pass around the talking stick and get some more introductions and we'll always go back to this
2: yeah I was gonna say um, the synchronicity was
0: oh yeah
2: the thing <laughs> this the synchronicity is crazy is, this is
0: the whole thing right <laughs> this
2: is the whole thing the synchronicity was that um most of those plants that I went to go buy from, you know, the natural food store in Newark were growing in my backyard. Like, <laughs> whoever owned this house had must have had an herb garden, and there's actually there's actually valerian root growing out front, like the, the valerian plant is growing out front. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I've got um lemon. Uh, I have spearmint and catnip growing out there in the old herb garden, so like, that's like three of the things that I was going to do, <laughs> it's like three of the four, but you know, it was good, because I picked up some white sage while I was out, too, I have some sea salt and other things that are good. Yeah,
0: um, that's, what's that, Michelle?
3: I said white sage is always good.
2: Yeah, I would say, I would say overall, the Dream tea was a success, um, can't wait to do it again. Uh, and yeah, you know, it was it was definitely a success. If you go, Dope. I would say just do it with the right intent. If you and don't go picking plants and stuff. Like I did a lot of research today before, you know, like a, a, lot, a lot of research today. But when when was this? A couple of days ago when we did the, uh, you know, like when I went to go get them. You know, do your research first. Don't just go willy nilly like oh I think this looks like that <laughs> like it took me a lot of like a lot of like googling this and like alright here's the plant, here's the tax here's the kingdom, here's the family and then matching up and, and a lot of a lot of learning had to get involved there but uh, yeah I would definitely say definitely would say it was a success um, give it a shot
0: Cool. Well, thanks for thanks for the the progress report on that, Kyle. Um, and again, you know, like I definitely for for yourself and any of us going through like similar things, like that's totally like good quest journal stuff to sort of document as well. So um, keep that in the back of your mind. And I know you've been yeah. you've been putting up some good you've been putting up some good posts on Facebook. And I did want to mention um, to just sort of keep in mind like how um, any of us can sort of develop a habit of like not always. Like posting to Facebook, but then being able to replicate some of it into Quest journals and stuff. Yeah, and I
2: know. With, I've been slacking that on track. that, I need to get a couple out there. I Need to really put some. I think you're,
0: the stuff that you already got is like stuff that can be like sort of even just like dropped in and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, that. Like, they're already Quest it journals, it's only on Facebook right now is the only. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah. like that's um that's just like a habit that like because I, I was thinking about that like the idea of. Um, for myself and for for more of us, just to like, instead of jumping to Facebook to make the post first, like jump to Paradigm's Essential to make the post first, and then just like developing that habit, and then you literally send the link to Facebook, which then brings stuff back to the website anyway, so, uh, so I want to get more in the habit of like doing that and getting more into dream journaling again, um, sharing dream journaling, Um, I really enjoy doing that, so yeah.
3: Great idea, Skull. Because I've been wanting to write more. Like I haven't been. I've been busy, crazy, and um, mm-hmm. missing writing. And the other day, I put on my computer, and I actually just put up Word, and I put up like you know full view where it's just Word. I'm like, this is cathartic. This was like earlier in this year. Like doing that was like something for me. So like using the live as a platform of like a journal, and like giving yourself that ritual of time to do that or write down your dreams or whatever that is. Because with yeah. Facebook, it's, like more like not prestigious. That's not the word. Where you're like, where like you're conscious of like your self-conscious more because it's like everybody that you know is like in one sense. But like with, you could free write on Live Net because it's like our it's like our family, you know. And then maybe something beautiful will come out that you would want to share, like post to Facebook. You know, to use it like a actual journal—that's such like a good idea. Yeah.
0: yeah, definitely, and and totally. Like, it's yeah, that's that's what we're doing. That's what's happening. So it's good to. <laughs>
1: that's what's happening. That's
0: what's happening. Um, yeah, and and honestly, guys, like I, I know the website's not perfect. Um, as I as as we move forward, I'll have more time to refine it as we go. The important thing is it, it is functional. It is functional. It does do what it is. You know, it's like any video game. It goes through versions, and I would say in this version, you know, we're still yeah within room for improvement. So it's not quite a beta, um, but it is still a beta. But everything. I mean, even for those people who've been around to the Paradigm Shift Project in a while, you'll you can actually like think back to like all like the evolutions of the website and stuff so um yeah it's pretty exciting that we do have this and that it is working and I'm looking forward to seeing more stuff coming through it so again reminding anybody who's um tuned into this at the main website you can create your profile and that gives you access to the quest journals and also to create conscious articles so creating those and this is like good information to share with you guys because I'm just gonna click on um On just like uh, recent articles, so this is um, this is an article by like Michael Brazel that he posted the other day. Sorry, Michelle, you just got feedback coming through on yours, FYI.
1: Um,
0: What's that? Oh, yeah, okay. Cool, cool. Um, so yeah, I was just going to say this, and then I'll pass it around and do more introductions. But like, as an example of the website working well, Michael Brazel put up a post on June 28th, so two days ago, when we were doing our Dreamcast. And that post, which I honestly have not shared, other than the automation through live, like the live net on Facebook. Wow, that was a really bad, really loud firework outside. So that's why everyone's barking in case. It's it's almost Canada Day, so we celebrate Canada Day on July 1st. Um, I know a lot of people get confused about that because sometimes people don't think
4: we celebrate Canada, Canada Day on America Day. Day.
0: <laughs> on America Day. Um, that's a common mistake. We don't celebrate Canada Day on America Day. We celebrate Canada Day on Canada Day. So happy Canada Day and happy America Day to people on July 4th.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love
0: you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was getting ready to say, Canada. I didn't
2: know. I mean, like, is Canada Day like, you know, like July 4th, 1776, is a date that happened. Is there Canada Day for like that or what? Um,
0: I'm not exactly sure why July 1st is our Canada Day. I'm sure something happened. Um, so yeah, we don't really have, but we did burn down your White House, so we got that going for us. So. <laughs> That did happen back in the eighteen twelve. Yeah, so. A lot yeah, of people, a lot of people always like root back to that. They're just like, they're like Canada, eh? and just like, oh yeah, there was like you know, yes, Eskimos, and then Canes. Just like, remember that time when we burned down your White House? And they're just like, <laughs> like I don't know, it does something. So yeah,
2: it's, well, I mean that that is a thing. It it happened.
0: <laughs> it happened. That's what I mean. I didn't it's do it, a but thing. it happened. It's a thing. Um, okay, so, so anyways, um, going back to Michael Razzle's post, <laughs> but it's good to laugh, trust me. Um, his post got 56 views within the time that it went up just through LiveNet without the additional relay other than the automatic one that comes through the LiveNet um, Facebook page. And if that didn't make sense, let me just explain that in a different way. We have a Facebook page on Facebook, duh, and it is facebook.com paradigm.com forward slash paradigm shift live net and I'll post a link for that because like honestly that is something that for people who are going to be involved with this project are going to want to know about and if you um Go to that web, go to that Facebook page, but don't just like it. If you just like it, then that kind of defeats the purpose. Literally, go to it, and then over top of the liked button, you turn on your notifications. So you turn it to see first, and notifications on. So I'm gonna post a link to that in the live chat for this broadcast, so if people, people who are listening, they can actually see that in the team building, uh, the team live chat, and I'll just post a link for you guys. But I, I, I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, but anyways, going through there, that. Facebook page automatically delivers new posts through the website so when any of you guys post a quest journal it will automatically go on this Facebook page and right now there's about 258 people but presumably a decent amount of those have the see first notifications on through their Facebook. So without this having to sound too convoluted, this is how social media works, which is like a big part of honestly this project and, and it is uh, the team building hangout where we do get to talk about them as well. Like all sorts of media, social media strategy amongst other things. But anyway, so like yeah, every time you guys post there, it goes through that automatic Facebook page and through that, in addition to just like audience in general, Michael Brazel's post has been seen 56 times within two days. So that's pretty good. And um, other posts again, you know, like they're different numbers and I encourage you guys To play this game with the intention of your posts like being seen by more people. And not to do it as like a form of like competition, but literally do it as a point like as a way to like score points. And scoring points is like being able to invite people to read what you expressed and also connecting them with other people's content. So like by promoting your own content when you post something on the website and just like sharing it on your Facebooks and even in the thousands of Facebook groups that there are right now, which is like our additional outlet for like connecting with new people in the team that is um how you can sort of like keep track of not just like trying to get numbers but trying to write a successful like quest journal a six create a successful form of media that is reflected through like people enjoying it and thus its numbers being you know represented through that so um yeah the, if you guys ha- um, I just want to open up the microphone just on that topic if you guys have any other questions or anything but I know we're still going around in introductions but um, stuff being automatic automated through Facebook encouraging you guys to post on there keeping track through the numbers the, the counters there is a way to this is I'll just mention this now um, you'll notice on some posts not all posts at the bottom of them there's a little number counter and that's how I can literally see how many posts like how many people have read Michael Brazel's thing. Um, if you go up to the top of like the website where it says unique visitors, you'll see the exact same type of counter. If you click on either of those, it links you to a website, which is like a counter making website. That's totally free and then this is important for anybody creating their own quest journal like i e you guys and any of the audience in the future go to that new website and it's e z or e z like as an in e hyphen z e e internet.com and then you'll see the like choose a freestyle for a counter select the red one Copy paste your URL into that information and then click on no in terms of does the site contain adult, illegal, or hate related content and then does the site contain any gambling and stuff. You click no on those and then you click get your code. So, anyways, this is just a the shortest way of me explaining how you get your HTML code and then you copy that into your quest journals when you switch it into HTML each HTML edit mode within your quest journal and then you just drop that at the bottom so if you guys can do that that's actually like it's worth knowing that you guys can do that because honestly, if you guys can do that, that just saves me the extra step. And uh, in the future, like it's kind of just like a, a little extra thing. But um, now that you guys know how to do it, you can do that with your future quest journals as you get into the habit of um, doing them. So, anyways, that's just um, a little like extra tidbit of like how this website operates, among other things. But um, again, I just want to open the questions. Does that make sense, guys? Um, if you can confirm for me if that makes sense to you, and if, otherwise, just ask questions, or we'll clarify this and then move on, so.
1: Put
3: a counter at the end of your article thing, but I, I, you know, I don't know. It would be cool to have instructions, I guess.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna just, like, hop this over to um, screen share real quick. So I'm just gonna show you guys like real quick anyways. Um, So people watching the live screen share, you can see like, so right now, right now like this is a website, and then this is like, this one's already got a counter. So this one is 75, so I can either click on the counter at the bottom, or I can scroll to the top and click to where it says unique visitors. And then like opening that takes me to this website, and then I wanna like copy the URL into this website and I want to click on like the red counter and then drop in the code click no, click no, get code so it only takes like less than 10 seconds and then you got your code and then from there you're back on the website and you got your edit button up there at the top and then that will take you into the option to use HTML mode as well. Um, So yeah, and if it's in HTML, if it's not in HTML mode, the button's up at the top, top right. I know you can't see my mouse right now. And then at the bottom, you just copy and paste it into there, and update, and that's pretty much it. So um, that's a super quick tutorial. (laughs) Okay, there's a tutorial. So there, honestly, like it's just a little thing. um, But I want to be able to tell you guys about it eventually, and um, I probably will just make a small little video in the future, just as a little extra thing. Um, But yeah, I I hope that makes sense, guys, and if you do have any questions, you can ask me about it later. Um, Other than that, let's keep going around the circle, and uh, we'll pass it over to Michelle in terms of just, aloha, Michelle, and um, yeah, please introduce yourself and tell us how how the shift in consciousness has been looking from your perspective, what you've been up to, projects going on, how many podcasts you've done today.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Two podcasts (laughs) today. Just
0: a couple. And I've Good had job.
3: three, I've had three, oh, can you hear me? Yeah, you can. Um, I've had, yeah, just a couple of podcasts today. We did one with Zulu, Flo Zion, and it was Paul and then my new friend Ethan, who's a co-host on the Way of Conscious Mindfulness podcast, um, who, it's cool, we're both on different coasts, so he's in like Oregon coast and I'm on Florida coast. Um, which I will be moving soon which is a whole other thing but so that podcast was really really good it's just starting out so if any of the audience members of this podcast want to check us out over there it's called the way of conscious mindfulness and it was a really good conversation today it was very heartfelt Um, it was like what else it was alive you know like it was like a living thing like everybody was giving their perspective but we were still focusing on the way of um, what this man Zulu flow brought to, like, and his medicine that he carried and what, what, what his perspective of consciousness is. And we got into this discussion of archetypes and how we all um, bring our different archetypes, like, through our, uh, you know, way of being. And they talked about him having a king archetype and doing all these people. So anyway, so it was really, it was a good, good show. But I'm supposed to be talking about me, not so much everybody else. Um, so let's see.
0: Well, that was about you. I mean, I it was. Uh, thumbs up because it's what you did. It's so what you took part in creating, which is, and yeah, um, I I'd love to get some more automation so that new episodes from that are going up through Paradigm Shift. So,
1: oh, okay.
0: E- either if you or Paul actually want to get in the habit of automating that, because that. I'll bring in like new listeners too. Um, I can we can, right. we can we can we can go over that later if you need any help with it, but. Sure.
3: We'll do that offline. Yeah, yeah. because that's a good idea too. Because, like I said, I wanted to do more writing, um, so I can definitely do that and feed the the live net thing myself. Um, as far as writing goes, I had a a little. Uh, liberation or a breakthrough I was published and skull you're really cool by um, promoting this and being so cool about it. you wrote a comment on my thing I was published on rebel, so- rebel society which is a um, like a feminist uh, online magazine with like 20,000 subscribers and such um, it was an article on unconditional love basically but unconditional wholeness and love um, which I'm now going to write a part 2 i'm kind of in the process of writing a part 2 of this article um, that's formulating itself and so the so that was really it was really beautiful to be um, to be published on like a big magazine and to step into my authorship and i want to what i'm planning on creating and writing and etc um, is i'm i have a book that i'm working on and i'm working on synthesizing all of the articles that i've written over the last 3 years into like a formulated book, and I want to do that, but um, in order to create anything, you have to do it frequently. So again, like writing more, like just putting out poetry and putting out different um, things that are small just to get in that rhythm of like making that a part of my sacred practice. Because a big intention over the last month that happened to me was that I want two things. I'm teaching more now. I just taught two yoga classes in the last couple of days. I'm teaching another one in the library at the ninth, which is cool, which I'm getting paid for, which is wonderful. And I went, I drove by the library today to see the um, the room, you know, to scope out the room so I know what to bring to try to make it look not like a library room with a bunch of office chairs in it, but like like a yoga studio. And they have this cool thing on like the letter board, you know, that thing under churches, and it's like Introduction to Yoga June ninth, and I'm like, it's like a picture of it, it's super cool. Um, so I stopped teaching for a while. Just because of whatever and um and so now it's like I feel like we're starting a new cycle, new phase of energy, and I'm like just going back to like my home, which is yoga, which i'm I'm really um in like owning for the first time I think more in my life because it's like when you do something and then it goes away from you and then it comes back, it's like love, you know, like when you you set it free and then it comes back and it's like a part of me now. So I'm like I'm recognizing that. So I'm stepping into that, and um, and I'm also stepping into doing my sacred practices as a way to get better at them, to get divine at them, because I want to. And what I am going to do in this next few months, this next six months cycle, is I'm going to travel, and I'm going to be traveling out west. And I would like to bring my mantra medicine, my my um, yoga teaching. I want to do healings for people. I want to. Um, I want to be guided and be contacted by others who want me to come and um, who want to share circle space and do sacred ceremony in places. Eventually I see myself doing that in like a great scale, but like this is like the first venture into that direction. So I'm writing more, I'm teaching yoga, and um, I think that's it. So that's what, I'm, that's what I've been working on and creating. Uh, yeah, and, um, and doing podcasts and being here. And so... Yeah, that's my shift in consciousness.
0: Awesome. That's thank you so much for the update, Michelle. That's
3: super. Gratitude. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And um, do you have um, I mean, yeah, you you did already kind of say it, just like in terms of like what you're working on in the future and stuff like that. Was there any other projects that you're working on that you might not have mentioned? Or yeah.
3: Think of that. What else? What else was there that I didn't say? Yeah, I don't. I mean, like, I'm going on the road, so we'll see. Like California, it might be. Yeah, I know that you (laughs) have you have a hookup with California. Can I? So can I just say synchronicity wise? I mean, like, Mm -hmm. I really don't know what the the tour because you you and you have talked about this like that dream of like going and visiting people who are. Oh, I should use our map and stuff like that.
1: There you go. Where
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, so there's that. So um, and putting it out. So as I'm going to be, I, I just moved. That's a huge thing. I just moved. I was living in this beach place for like two years, and the frequency shift that you know Mars going direct instead of retrograde, like it's just time for me to move on. Um, but I know I don't want to settle down. I want to like, I want to discover like who I who I am and what community I can serve, and I want to see. The West Coast. Of, I've just known I was going to take this journey for a very long time, and so now it's time to take that journey. And um, and as I reach out to people, I like did a little post on Instagram about it. I got through. I got two, three hits for California, like right away. Meanwhile, I was thinking I'm going to Sedona, like Grand Canyon. You know, I'm seeing myself maybe end up in the mountains, but like right away, California, California, California. So it's really about like letting the universe lead and stepping into faith and, like, going one step at a time and then seeing what, like, a discovery process of, like, seeing what I'm called to teach and be and learn, right? Because it's always learning because, like, teaching, yeah, I want to bring my medicine, but, like, really I'm here to learn um, how I can serve. Like, with the yoga thing, like, that was, it's more like this is medicine that I carry. I just did a couple classes and, like, totally um, the energy work that I do, there's different of like an energy work, so it's more than just yoga, you know, it's like, it's like wisdom, medicine, channeling, energy, it's all this, it's therapy in a way, um, and so that's a vehicle where I can bring healing energy through that, and so it's perfect because yoga's like accessible for people, so if I can do those rituals like around the country, like that would kick ass, that would be like a kick ass traveling thing to do, um, and then there's festivals in the late summer, so I'm kind of just seeing where I'm going to be called and who's going to call me, and and what's going to line up in synchronous like, and I also want to go to Shasta and different like uh, sacred locations because I think that going to vibrational vortexes is like a part of my soul calling. So, all that too.
0: Hell yeah, yeah, that's super exciting, Michelle. Like anything to do with traveling, um, that I always get excited about that because it's such just like, it's such like a great way to learn how to trust. And you're just like you get excited about like the synchronicities, knowing that they're just like always around the corner. And you're just like, let's go to a random place, and you're just like, who am I going to meet this time? And then, yeah, no. So I'm sure you'll have a wonderful time.
3: I want to. Well, you'll be hearing. I mean, I'll be checking in and doing podcasts and everything like while we while I do it. And I know, and I want to, and create content. You know, about traveling and journeying and being on. Um, Mm-hmm. You know that road of of like learning of a student of life, you know. And um, I learned that, and and as as you do travel, you are more in communication with the universe in a deeper way because you're like listening louder, you know, as opposed to when you're in your humdrum routine of like an office or a building or a house or whatever that is, you know. When you're when you're you're living on a higher frequency, and more attuned. Um, or that that's my prayer. I mean, it's happened when I've traveled in the past, so we'll see what this is. We'll see what this, where this journey takes us together, all of us, you know, as
1: mm-hmm. we
3: go. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah, and especially, you know, like, for yourself and anyone else, just, like, taking a moment to, uh, like, reflect on the role of the archivist because it's, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to, like, to uh, to be a testament of, like, the fact of what experiences and what magic has actually unfolded so it's like one thing for it to happen and for us to know it but just to be able to like yeah I'm basically just talking about intentionally being um a a gonzo journalist more or less and whatever that means to you and just bringing the camera with you and and yeah I'm excited about that I'm excited to see like all the different ways of how we can tell story and especially when we're doing road trips so
3: so you know what I want to mention—that's kind of like um, not an antithesis to that idea, but—and it's something that goes into you with your sacred five G mushroom journey, um, where you know we have these sacred experiences, and some of them are not supposed, to, well, not 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 supposed to be shared, but like
1: mm-hmm.
3: it's like you go into downtime, and I do that a lot, and so something that I've. I, I don't want to say struggled with, but, like, dancing in between. It's, like, how much of myself do I share publicly, and how much is my own experience it's just between me and
0: yeah. Yeah. Totally.
1: Yeah, like totally. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Like, that's, like, the more you work with the camera, like, the more it, like, really pushes, like, your decision-making in terms of, like, when it's there and stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, like, again just expanding ideas and stuff like that for people who may sort of be in a place where just like you know I'm not entirely comfortable with sharing my journey but it's great to just be able to like go around and sort of like share like little snippets of other people's journeys who you meet along the way and there's actually um, on the website on the Paradigm Shift Central website for people when they get a chance I really encourage them to go and look at the quest journal by um, our friend Max and it's called um, Wow, I forgot how far back it scrolls back here. Um, yeah. Unless, you, oh, wow, okay. I think I might have overlooked it. No, there it is. If you go back to June 9th, there's a quest journal entry, and it's um, My Journey Through Europe, Finding a New Way of Life. And Ooh. it's basically just, like, him traveling through Europe, but he's like making these little vlogs, and they're really more focused on just like the people who he's meeting as well. And he's like spending time on like different farms and like meeting different artists. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really it's really like a cool just like example of like things that can be done in terms of you know going on adventures and bringing a camera. But totally like I agree like acknowledge I, I totally acknowledge and agree that like being there without a camera, and like, without having to like worry about documenting and totally just like recording it through your experience is like super important. And I love doing that and stuff like that. So
3: it's yeah, so, it, like some interpersonal stuff that you go through with people is like hard to translate onto camera, and sometimes
1: mm-hmm.
3: you get in your head about like like. What like I was just imagining as you were saying that like me in the Grand Canyon, right? And like so, of course, I'm gonna wanna sing, and I'm gonna wanna like I did when I was in Nepal. And there's something beautiful about recording and singing and doing a prayer for the people, you know, because people need to see it. And then another segue I wanna just say is I saw like a little snippet Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat Pray Love, is one of my favorite authors, and I saw like in an Oprah magazine today actually when I went to the when I went to the library to check out the yoga room, um, and it said. It said, like, oh my God, her article made me realize that there's for blah 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 blah, blah. And I was like, that's why you need to write more is because this is it's it's medicine for people who are suffering, like you need to put your shit out there because it's important. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's like you talk about all the time about like the call to leadership, you know you have to do it because you have to do it, but sometimes you get in your head about like, I'm gonna make this, you know, and it takes you out of like being in the moment so. I want a bridge that would be like a really cool intention to have is to like learn how to get that synthesis by, by you know by doing it by living it. Yeah
0: yeah, yeah it, it's totally um, yeah it's something I'm really interested in because I feel there's just a lot of potential when more people like in a moment can be able to like turn the camera on you know, like if there is a moment where the suddenly the universe is just like this is happening and like it's gonna go by fast and if you're not ready for it then you know and, and so there's like windows of opportunity um, and so it's just yeah the camera for me is a very metaphysical thing especially when you think about it, it's this idea of it's, it's literally and they even talk about this in Waking Life and I love how they talk about it there's like one discussion and the guy like turns into a cloud by the end of it but you know it's just like capturing like individual moments of God in just like succinct yes. frame and everything, like every single frame is just like a moment of God, like a moment, and and he says it in a really cool way, but um, yeah, like literally, like it's so easy for us to just like perceive it from the material idea. It's just like, oh, it's a camera, it's like recording right. things, it's video. It's so common, it's so normalized now that we sort of like if you step back and you're just like oh my god you know like when i'm filming something like i'm filming god dancing on stage and like that can be anything that can be anything it's in that moment um so yeah cameras are like time traveling dimensional wrapping tools that we can use and storytelling portals so um i've yeah like our role as storytellers as shifters is like one of our superpowers and um, yeah, there's, and video isn't the only way to tell a story. So I mean, you know, like inspiration that you get on your journey can become a beautiful thing for a book that you end up writing a year later or something like that. It's all recorded in here and, you know, express it when when you feel the call and that's kind of, yeah, that's exciting. though. So
3: beautiful because number one, stories... Like our role as storytellers being sacred is really important, really, really, really important and totally a superpower and how we're going to change the world, especially you and I and all of the shifters with with telling our stories of how we're developing our consciousness, like hands down. Um, That's how we have the weight versus like the mass media, you know, like in their story of what they believe truth is about fear and scarcity consciousness and our story about synchronicity and the universe having your back and everything's cool, and we can relax into that because that is going to be needed so much over the next, like, five, ten years, for sure. Um, But something I had a realization on, like, earlier yesterday or today, and you obviously do this because you're on Facebook all the time and, and, like, social media all the time, is making it sacred um, versus, like, the mental construct of making it, like, something that you're doing for your business or something that you're doing in order to reach out to people or something that you're doing because you're lonely or something that you're doing to promote yourself or whatever it is, but as opposed to making it like more, like over the last week, I've had a shift where I'm like sharing from my soul more, my heart more with the conscious intent of like, I'm doing this for a purpose of connecting and because it's my sacred duty, it's my dharma. And, and that, and this is a part of it. And that's my, and this is my voice and i have to honor my voice and it, in a way like if you want to think about like self esteem like it's, i'm honoring my voice and my opinion and my my validity as a soul and expressing myself and i just like had that and it changes that as opposed to any other head trip you would put on facebook and that's beautiful to say like that that is It's just a recognition that anything you do, if you wrap your mind around it in a way that makes it holy, then you're making it holy. And the one other thing I want to say, just because this is totally the place to say it, is I, and for anybody else who is going through change at this moment, because there's huge changes going on, I left this place that I lived that it was my favorite place and I could not imagine as I knew that I was leaving it, I could not imagine that I would ever live anywhere else, that I would ever be happier anywhere else because it was like this kick-ass apartment with this giant window, and it was just a really beautiful place. And however, I'm staying um, for a month, I'm staying in my girlfriend's place across the street in her little beach house, and I left all the stuff, I took all the stuff out of my place, and I set my little grid frequency here, and when I went back, it was just a room, and it it was just a building, and it was hollow, and it looked like the past. And I was like so excited for the future. I came here and it was my home. And I was like, it's where our intention. We imbue things with our intention. So whatever, whatever thing we give, whatever potency we imbue, whatever with, um, it's the power is within us. So nothing that you're no job, no relate, no nothing that is like anything um, is can uh, I don't know the future is always better the future is always um yeah I think I said it I think I transmitted it because I, I ran out of whatever juice that was but it's so important that people go into these changes because they will be good for you and that's all I have to say so well. mmm
0: child, things are gonna be easy Ooh, child things are gonna be bad
1: Someday. Someday, walk in the
0: rain. We it. Yeah, it's funny. Like, it's really hard to sing on this because like it's out of sync, but like it's just like whatever. I don't care.
1: Someday, yeah. the world is much brighter. Ah. And then and
0: then like goes like it goes like really hard. Well, actually, we went pretty hard there. So um,
1: <laughs> I, I love
0: you. We go hard. So <laughs> I love you too. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like it's an interesting thing though to think that like the like I guess that's a question though, but like is it always going to get better? What does better mean, you know? Is that just like more of a an evolved relationship between ourselves and things? Could something be worse and yet still still be better based on the individual? Um, but I definitely say that the future is evolving us closer to like more opportunities for expansion so yeah and then it's like I guess the alternative is just like expansion and contraction which i guess is okay because it's not even when you're contracting you're still expanding because um, it's more of like a spiral process opposed to like a back forward like you're always kind of like moving forward but then and, like you're like a breathing you're kind of like this like giant like Tube snake flying through space. That's like, and that's like oh, okay. expanding and contracting. Yeah, <laughs> exactly how it is. Maybe. Um,
3: so the, the Book of Runes says um, the new life is always. He said they say when you're talking about just eating and dying, remember the new life is always greater than the old.
0: The Does new, new ways are always greater than the old. Is that what it says?
3: Life. The new life is always going to be greater than the old. So don't cling to the old. Um, and that's, yeah, that's basically the punchline of what I wanted to tell people who are going through changes. It's don't resist it because, like, you won't be able to see that sometime. Yeah, so that's it. That's my wisdom there. Cool. cool. Don't resist.
0: Don't resist. Go forward. Yeah. Be happy. It's a very powerful thing to move forward with with, like, that because that, like, definitely helps us step into our courage when we just sort of, like, switch our paradigm of just, like, having those ideas in mind, so yeah, yeah, yeah definitely,
1: mm-hmm.
0: cool I mean, it's basically yeah. that idea that the universe has your back, like, just like summed up into that, it allows you to just like, do stuff, so I mean, yeah, like, even with my own experience like, working with uh, the five gram sacred mushrooms, it was just kind of like I felt good going into it so it's just like, just like, alright like, you know, like, knowing that the universe has my back, and even still like, maybe the universe has my that could have meant like a bad trip or something like that because maybe that could have been what I was supposed to have. But like even just being like open to that, it's just like, all right, universe, like, you know, like I am ready to accept what you are here to give me and Uh, just like with gratitude, with gratitude and then just like again, you know, applying that to like experiences far beyond the psychedelic experience in itself. Um, and again if people are curious and uh, tuned into the broadcast at this point um, there is a secret video going around of my 5 gram psychedelic uh, sacred mushroom experience and um, the, the, in order to see that it is available right now through the team Patreon or at least it will be literally in the next couple hours after I post this and uh, after I post that and uh, again like it's like really like I know even like filming it and watching it like it's very rare footage and it is like footage of like, this like yeah, like, very rare and sacred, because it's, like, within this, like, space that was created through the ceremony of just, like, from my own perspective, I'm just, like, thinking about it right now, like, I mean, my words will only be able to explain so much, but, yeah, the mushroom experience is something that, in this situation, allowed me to, like, this really see the dream, um, the dream reality the dreamness of this reality being very apparent it wasn't just like oh this like looks super cool or something like that it's just like this blatantly feels like what dreams feel like and so it's just this idea that like even right now in our physicalness we literally are still in that dream space and we just don't always feel like we are but psychedelics can like literally bring that feeling to the surface because it kind of pulls back the filters that convince us that we're not always in a dream space in the same way that when we're actually in a dream, we convince ourselves that we're not in a dream space either. So it kind of like works in both levels. Um, so again, if people are, are interested in that video, right now it's available through the team Patreon. And uh, again, patreon.com forward slash Brendan Culleton. And a huge shout out on the Patreon because we did reach our uh, mom- monthly goal for 600 by the end of today and uh, we're at 602 which means our next milestone will be 700 by the end of July and July is going to be an exciting month because they'll also have the opportunity for Patreon supporters to get early access to Journey to Lucidity 3. and I'm going to try and finish that and get a version of it online before my birthday or on my birthday which is July 18th so like that's my intention right now so it's like all right I got 18 days so like finish this, and, and I feel like I'm, I've, uh, yeah, I've got a lot on it, Um, there's just like, yeah, I think I can do it, so uh, again,
1: yeah.
0: huge shout out to all the Patreon supporters, sign up when you can, as little well as $3 a month gets you a to Booster Kit, and that's, even right now, I got those, you can kind of see them on the table and stuff, or on my side table of the shift buttons, and uh, I can always explain those later, but right now, we'll just keep moving along here, and we actually do have a new player who joined the game, uh, Michael Brazzle is here, so, hey Michael, how's it going?
5: Doing great. How about you? <laughs>
0: good, man. Good. We're, we're getting some good conversations and awesome. everything super so good so good um, yes yes we're still doing our introductions and stuff and again you know we're just kind of sharing what we have been up to in our journeys and this is it's cool because it gives us a chance even you know when I ask you it's just like what have you been up to lately it gives you a chance to like say things that you yourself almost need to hear for yourself because you're just like what have I been up to and you say that it, it's just like oh yeah I've been doing that or like oh yeah I did this or oh yeah I intend to do that uh, so it's it's a good practice to um, for the spirit to be able to ask what it's doing and what it's done and where it's going, I feel so group discussion and mirror techniques all around. Um, we'll pass over to Sean in a minute, but Michelle, is there anything else that you want to just say in this moment before we pass the talking stick?
3: Um, oh, well, I can say one more thing that came up actually. I saw it on um, it was about it's about the buttons. Um, the I saw you something about the Icarus kid from the Instagram. And him going on a journey, and I saw that happened to see that on yesterday, and uh, I was thinking that I should get the buttons from you in order to do that. But I actually don't know who he is, and he he just he Instagrammed me as well. So um, I was wondering if there was like a synchronicity there or something.
0: Oh, interesting. Um, he, he he messaged you, eh? He
3: he like followed me on Instagram or okay. hearted me. There was some connection, and then I and then I did cool. it back because there was like a one of those. Um, electricity things, uh, you know, where you just know, you're like, oh, that, actually, you know what, he looks like a kid in Guatemala that I hung out with, and I thought it was him, and I was oh, like, oh, but I don't think it is, and then I saw him on yours, and then you actually wrote something that said, like, a big thing about him and the buttons, and yeah. I was like, well, what, my so brain, you know. Did he
0: just heart, did he just heart, because I tagged you in a post, did this just happen, or is no. it? from there? it was, like,
3: within the last few weeks. And then I saw
0: it again. Oh, oh, so before I even put up the post, then yeah, that makes before I even yeah, that's (laughs) awesome then. Yeah, um, yeah, totally, like exactly. Like he's a that's that's a really cool story because like he's traveling across America, similar to you, very soon, and he leaves on the fifth, and like. I, like had to get the buttons to him and um, yeah we ended up like paying for like FedEx so we actually like ended up paying like so much for the buttons but like they're gonna get there on time so it's just like I had because I wanted to make it happen for him because I was just like if I don't get it to him then then he wouldn't have them but it's gonna happen and, and yeah I'm excited for him because having shift buttons when traveling like they're easy ways to meet anyone literally having those it's just like see a stranger it's just like not anymore like go over and you know, just turn them into yeah. friends, so it's pretty powerful. Hey, there's a bug on my hand, guys. I think, I don't know where he came from, but he's here now. Okay, so jumped <laughs> uh,
1: hey, Um,
0: Sorry, one second. Hey, Dustin, um, Dustin hey, what's gonna we're just going to mute your thingamajig? thingamajig.
1: Okay, no problem.
0: Uh, yeah, okay, perfect. Um, Yeah, um, just That's plug street. the headphones in when you get a second. What's that, Michelle?
3: i got to throw down for some buttons, apparently, because I love those little green bugs.
0: Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you some buttons, Michelle. When do you leave?
3: Word. Um, not for a month. I felt like I'm Perfect. going from um, like the next... Week. Yeah. I won't make you FedEx them to me.
0: Okay. But,
3: um, so that Icarus kid is going from the west to the east or Florida. no? Florida.
0: He's leaving from Florida.
3: He's not leaving from Florida.
0: Yeah, he is. Um, Takamatsu, Florida really? or something? It's, it's, what is what? it? It's not that.
3: Because I thought he was in in Florida. He's in
0: Tequesta, Tequesta, Florida. Florida? Yeah. Are are you still in Florida? Yeah. Are you anywhere near Tequesta? T-E-Q-E-S-T-A? Well, maybe you are. Maybe he's on the team already. He may be. He should be.
3: Yeah, well, now that I know he's in Florida, obviously I'm supposed to hang out with him.
0: That's funny. Well, he's leaving on... America Day, so <laughs> 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 actually it's not. But i leaving on like July 6, I think.
4: So. Day.
0: <laughs> I I've never heard of my fourth comment. America Day now. By the way, just so you're in oh, on the that's joke. A it's just yeah, yeah. There's Canada Day and then there's America Day, so but apparently you guys don't call it that, which I think is weird, because I totally think you should. Um, going through the 11.11 Stargate portal, just want to give a shout-out. Um, just yeah. went through that, 11.11. 11, uh, well, laughing, while well, having a good time, so, yeah. <laughs> okay, Michelle, um, yeah, any last thing? Last and then we'll, we'll pass it around.
3: Last thing, 11.11, 11, and um, uh, I'm totally driving through that area, so we'll see. I'm going to be driving through that area soon, so we'll see, to
0: Cool, cool, cool. Awesome. Well, nothing simplicity. else.
3: Nothing else. No, I love you. Bye.
0: <laughs> Bye, oh, everybody. Okay. <laughs> thanks. Thanks again, Michelle. And uh, again, you know, for people tuning in, and, and they're just like, how do I get more of this Michelle character in my life? Um, we'll include the links into the show notes. <laughs> it's cool when like people become like channels cool. that you can tune into. You know, it's just like, what do I want to watch on TV? It's just like, who do I want to like see? whose lives do I want to see, you know, like literally we're all on one big live broadcast network sort of thing, so Um, infiniteeverything.net is her main website, though, I can tell you that so, uh, again, Michelle Infinity on Facebook, and you'll find the links for herself and anybody else in the show notes for the Paradigm Shift team building hangout for June 30th so, um, yeah, in addition to that guys, uh, there's basic stuff that I can mention, but I'll I'll do it later, Um, in the meantime let's keep going around and getting some more people joining in the conversation and um, Sean, are you still there? Like you literally, your video feed dropped out Did your audio feed drop out? Because I was going to see um, Based on order, if Sean wanted to jump in But he may be back in a second um, So with that said uh, I'd be happy to pass it over to Michael Brazil. And um, again, you know, just kind of like Using this space as an opportunity to say What we have Shifters have been up to and any projects that we might be working on, and just, like, the exciting stuff that's going on and what we're learning and what we got planned moving forward. So, Michael, go ahead and uh, jump right in. Here's the talking stick for you. So, It's good to see awesome. you.
5: Awesome. Yeah, good to see you again. It's like we were just here. <laughs> just here. <laughs> <laughs> We've always been here, right? Um, what's going on? I mean, lots of stuff going on. So I'm going to D.C. in a couple... Days now actually to uh, do some meditation and yoga and all kinds of good stuff and lots of stuff happening here in South Carolina now. Um, it's this is an interesting area for spirituality. It's slightly backwards, <laughs> but it's catching up to itself, which is uh, really great to see. Like all these really spiritual people are coming to the area and igniting these little bubbles of of love. So it's uh, it's shifting things here which is nice. I'm working on integrating a lot of my yoga work with a lot of my work as a witch. So I started a new site called Bhakti Witch. It's B-H-A-K-T-I witch.com and Bhakti is the yoga of love and devotion. And I find like that's kind of where my practice has been shifting over the past few years. So I'm making lots of my my whole path now is to be more integrated because the more integrated you are, the more authentic you are. And the more authentic you are, um, the more you get to experience this thing called life in its fullness, you know. Um, so, you know, just putting out a bunch of new stuff. I posted a Quest uh, journal update on the uh, Paradigm Shift Live site. Uh, I'll be doing more of that. So I'm trying to put, like, these little things out there everywhere so people can uh, follow the journey. And when I do my blog, my blog, like you can find me on michaelbrazel.com and then there's all like the tons, like I think we had 400 hours worth of um, audio for the uh, radio show that I have on Blog Talk as well. So there's lots of ways to find me, so much stuff out there. Um, But right now I'm just focusing on doing this new yoga thing, you know, integrating yoga and magic and using the body as a tool to access that magic. It's often the, the part that gets left out. Like people want to do these like really grand rituals and they want to like, you know, effect and manifest, but it starts here. Like Love starts at home, so you have to love the body first. Let the body be the vehicle through which we access those deeper levels and layers of magic. It goes back to that phrase that was over the Oracle of Adelphi's, you know, space, you know, know thyself. And the more you know yourself, the more you can wield and project that magic out into the world. So just some powerful stuff moving in that space for me. Um, You know, when I'm not doing that, I'm just watching the dogs, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Just watching the dogs live and play. That's, like, that's my meditation. I learn more about Mm. God by watching my dogs than I have, like, ever reading any book.
0: (laughs) What do they? What do they teach you? Like you know, what are they, it's what are they, like, top three things that dogs teach us about God,
5: life. They teach you love. God, they teach you us know? About God. It's like they do. It's like God backwards, right? They teach you like this unconditional love, but they also teach you separation. Like you, you, you understand that longing because you know the minute I go to walk out the door, I'm just gonna go run some errands. One of my little dogs, she just kind of sits at the door and is like. It's like your heart breaks because there's this look in her eyes. You just see this this love, and she knows, like, you're going. And the minute you step out the door, like, you cease to exist, you know. But the minute you walk back in, all that love is still there, you know. It's like this this unbreakable chain of love that just exudes from them. Um, You know, I think that's the biggest thing that I learned from my dogs, you know, and we can learn all that from just like looking at trees and stuff. I think too often we spend so much time um, on, with screen addiction. Like we're so addicted to our computers and our gadgets and our cell phones and our whatnot that we forget. Like there's this whole like really fantastic world out there that's just waiting for us to show up. And you know, just walking around and seeing everyone on their cell phones, and no one's, like, watching. Like, I was at Whole Foods today, and there's these amazing colors in the sky. Like, no one was looking at these amazing colors in the sky. It's, like, these beautiful pinks and purples and blues, and um, the clouds were all these, like, really cool shades and shapes and colors. And everyone was looking at their cell phones, and I was like, man, you know, we're missing out on this. Um, And then even earlier, it was raining. It just was raining a little bit. Everyone was like running to get out of the rain, and I was like running into the rain. (laughs) You know? It's like we take for granted the fact that we have this opportunity to fill the rain on our skin, you know? And one day, we're not going to have that chance anymore, you know? So my whole thing now is not taking those moments for granted. It's not missing out on those things, those times to connect. It's like that's the most important thing for me now, is connecting, and however that manifests.
6: Cool, man. yeah. um, I had a really weird I was, experience once relating to rain. Go when ahead. I lived Evan. in Hawaii when I was a little kid. I was about, uh, I guess, seven, and when there was we lived in a neighborhood that had uh, two mountains that came together they were shaped like an L sort of and there was a jeep trail that went all the way up to the top right between the mountains and at the top between the two mountains was a little flat place and it used to be a horse corral there and all that's left of it a concrete trough and a gate the posts for a gate and a swinging gate the fence was gone and my next door neighbor a girl named Allison Uh, She was like my best friend. She was 12. She said, "Let's take a uh, a hike up the trail and have lunch." You know, so we get you know a backpack on. We get peanut butter sandwiches, and we we track uh, up this trail, going uphill all the way. It's about a mile long. And all the weird thing was, all the way up the trail, all the tall grass growing on both sides of the jeep trail was laid down, going uphill, as if somebody had driven up the hill in a jeep with a big, long, really like a 14 foot wide 2x4 chained to the back of the jeep and as it dragged up the hill they just laid all the grass down going uphill and we thought that was strange so we get up there there's a, a a boulder that weighed about four tons shaped like a coffin and we sat on that thing and had our lunch the gate swung into the wind everything about this day was backwards it was completely backwards. We 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 couldn't figure this out. It was creepy, you know. We were kind of creeped out. So we had our fun, ate our sandwiches, and about two hours later, we come down the hill. This time we're coming down the, green, the trail, and all the grass on both I'm not telling you a story. This is the truth. Both sides of the trail, the grass on both sides was all laid down, going downhill this time. The actual, actual, uh, the opposite of when we we're going up. All the way down this trail, about a mile long we were really freaked out by this and just about the time we started to get to the end of the trail to get back into the neighborhood it started to rain and the rain was blowing the wind was blowing hard and the rain was hitting us all around our fronts because it was coming in at a hard angle and we were getting rained on in the front but not in the back and our faces were wet and our light jackets, this was winter, in Hawaii temperature was like 55 degrees, 58, you know, that's cold, you know, for Hawaii, and we got sucking wet on the front, and so we started to run, and we had only about 100 yards to go, and we ran up under the carport at our house, my house, and uh, we were soaking wet in the back, but we were dry as a board in the front. It was the weirdest ex- one of the weirdest experiences of my whole life, everything Was completely backwards from what would seem to be reality, and to this day, I'm 53. To this day, I've never figured it out how it was possible. Never, I can't even rationalize it. I I just can't figure it out.
2: Wherever you went, I'm calling it the same thing as a Bermuda Triangle, man.
1: (laughs) You just went
2: into one of those portals where you went. You you must have gone somewhere where quantum, quantumly on a on a quantum physics level, everything was happening just that way.
0: Like that could be one way quantum, to explain it.
2: Quantum physics. Like, I I like to take a lot of um, thought and study into quantum mechanics, quantum physics, quantum mathematics. Um, I think it can really. I, I think it's something that we haven't looked into enough. I think it. Explains things like Evans' day he had with a friend. Um, I think it can explain a lot of those things. Um, I think it's a phenomena that leaks into the physical world that we are in. It's like a glitch in the matrix. That's Sometimes, all
0: it yeah. is. Yeah, that's interesting to think. Like, I know there's like, um,
2: like if you've ever like seen, a... oh, I was in just the say the matrix.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've seen the Animatrix.
2: Alright, that that place where they go and they slip into that abandoned building and things aren't just, that just not acting right.
0: Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that I was going to say, like, what it is. there's, like, a subreddit on Reddit and it's all just sort of about, like, glitches in the Matrix that people <laughs> talk about. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it's just like, oh, is this something we forgot about or overlooked or is there, like, something else, like, very peculiar, but, I mean, the peculiarness of this reality does come through in different ways. Um, That'll be something I want to talk about. I do just want to take uh, a moment here as we keep going around uh, in the circle and thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. I just want to give a shout out. Um, we do have a few new players who have joined the game, so shout out to Evan and thanks for sharing the story. And uh, Johnny's here and also Dustin. Uh, as well, earlier um, had popped in for a bit. So I'd like to go around and and we'll get some uh, brief introductions, um, and then we'll just sort of keep popcorning the conversation around. But, uh, Michael, I I was just curious. I I just wanted to, like, ask you um, one more thing uh, to pass the talk and stick back to you. Because I'm sure people are curious, and, and, you know, they don't always hear, like, everyone talk about being a witch. And uh, I'm just kind of curious as to, like, what being a witch means to you um, mm-hmm. and if that's something you can just, like, add some clarity to, like, in any way, so.
5: Yeah, absolutely. It's not a word that you hear often, especially, um, you know, not one that you hear guys use <laughs> a lot, um, though there are a lot of guys who use, who claim the title um, of being a witch. And for me, it really just means stepping into my power, um, Witches, through history, have been edge walkers, Um, we're the ones who hold the mysteries, we're the ones who um, collect those insights from the fringes. Um, You know, part of my path has always been to walk the edge. Um, We can tap into those subtle energies that are around us. We have learned to listen to the earth and the movements of the wind. You know, we can see things. Um, Either because it's something we naturally do, or it's something we've trained to do. Um, and for me, it's been a little bit of both. I've had the fortune of working with some pretty powerful witches, and have studied in some very specific systems to do the work that I do. So not only is my being a witch something that I claim as personal, it's something that I also do as professional. Um, and in the tradition that I practice, the Anderson Fairy tradition, um, it is an ecstatic tradition, which means we are a tradition that believes in those subtle movements. And for us, our gods are as tangible as, you know, you are to me. They're, they're real. And for us, um, everything moves to that place of ecstasy. Um, so a deeper connection to the self, a deeper connection to self-empowerment, self-embodiment, um, and self-possession. So, um, for me, it's really, you know, to simplify it, it, would just be stepping into my power and using that word to create a container for that power. Um, and there's a lot that goes into studying witchcraft, and depending on what your interests are, I mean, you can go in a variety of different directions with it. But, you know, when you wield magic, you can create glitches in the matrix, and that's pretty much what wielding magic does, you know, we can by will create those glitches using either ritual, using tools or practices that have been handed down through um, time and memorial to do that. So that's what magic is, you know, and I think everyone has the ability to tap into it. We're just all going to call it something different, you know, that's just what it is for me.
0: Like, when you're talking about some of the stuff you're talking about, like, are you sort of referring to, like, different ways to practice manifesting things? Like, could you give us a couple of examples? Well, it for... could be
5: manifesting. I mean, it could be as simple as lighting a candle. You know, it could be simp- as simple as saying a mantra to create a very specific outcome. It could be invoking deity. Um, like, for us, when we open up the day, like, I start the day by invoking, um, in our tradition, the star goddess. You know, it's a very specific thing that I do to start my day. It creates intentionality for my day. Um, and it creates a nice container for me to work with that intention. I think, you know, having a little bit of structure sometimes gives us a, an ability to, to access manifesting at a deeper level. Um, and it all comes back to intention. You know, it's it's that's where magic begins with intention and then through intention we can direct our will into the world to create and to manifest. So it it really depends on what you want to manifest. So say for instance, you know, something simplistic would be if I wanted to manifest um, more financial abundance for myself. Um, One of the spells um, that I've taught some of my students is you know, money's become something that's so intangible. So even just taking some coins and putting them in a little jar and shaking the jar so that you hear the sound of money um, puts that intention into the physical body but also into the physical spaces around you. So by shaking the jar, you're calling money into that space for yourself. Um, It could also be breaking a contract, like after heartbreak you could light a candle to sever the contract that you may have had with that person you've shared a life with. Um, so you know, manifesting, I think, is a really broad, broad brush. It, it all comes back to your intention and your reasons for wanting to manifest. And that's what helps to make manifesting happen is coming back to intention. So in our practice, we work more with creating intention than working on specific outcomes. Because your outcomes are going to be directed from where you're starting. And too often we try to go to the end goal and try to fix it there. And it's not often the case that you can fix it there. But you can always start where you are.
0: Cool. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, anybody feel free to jump in on that. I feel like that's uh, something worth talking a little bit about. Michelle, did you want to?
3: Yeah, I I do. I want to... I want, well, I wanted to ask you how you're combining the practice of yeah. witchcraft and
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's something that I've always, because I've always, you know, in my yoga world, I was always, you know, on the fringe. And even in the witchcraft community, I was always on the fringe. So I was either too new agey for my witch friends or I was too witchy for my yoga friends. So I was like, well, screw it. I'm just going to, like, do my own thing and just, like, blend them all together. And in doing that, I've connected a lot of people who are also doing that but didn't have a way to connect to other people. So I started a, a blog a long time ago called Yoga Witch, um, and then someone swooped in and, like, bought out the uh, domain. Like, it lapsed for a day, and someone, like, snatched my domain, right? So I was like, well, maybe this wasn't meant to be. But in time, like my practice had transitioned from one that was just related to yoga to, to, to one that was more bhakti-centered. And the way I define yoga is it's the process of integration. It's working with breath, body, movement to use the body to harness magic. And since bhakti is that yoga of devotion, um, for me, when I do my asana practice or my posture work in yoga, it's really honoring the body. It's honoring the self as divine. It's letting my yoga practice be full of purpose. I'm not just doing it to sweat, even though that may be one of the side effects of my practice. I'm like wielding my body as this very divine instrument to create movement and connection and integration. Um So for me, that integration is already there. And a lot of times you see a lot of people trying to separate the magic out of yoga. We just want the physical stuff. But you can't tap into a practice like yoga, even just the physical side of it, without tapping into all of that other stuff. You know, it's there. So for me, it's about bringing it all together. And yoga is a very magical thing. Like even just saying the mantras. The mantras, it's like you're doing spell work. It's operative magic. When I say a mantra to Ganesh to remove the obstacles, I'm casting a spell <laughs> to remove obstacles. If I'm calling on Lakshmi for, for money because I'm, I need to pay my bills, that's doing operative magic. So there really isn't a separation. For me, I'm just calling it what it is. And what it is for me, which isn't going to be what it is you know, for other people, but this is the way I found for me to create the container for my work that works best for me and I created the blog so that if there are other people who want to explore those intersections um, that they'll be able to follow along and I'll be putting some spell work um, what I call flow casting so using the flow of our bodies to create magic so there'll be some spell work and some meditations I'm doing right now I'm creating a series of yoga Sequences to follow the Tarot, the journey of the Fool through the Tarot deck. So I'm going to be posting that um, soon, so people can like actually follow the journey of the Fool, right, all the way through uh, the Major Arcana to the World. You know, so keep
3: that with you one day yeah. to do something like that because I totally the I was going to do a Major Arcana deck um, back in the day, um, the Hero's Journey, the same thing. So oh, mm-hmm. I would love to go create something in that vein.
5: Yeah. There's, so some, there's, there's some cool stuff in there when you like Alistair Crowley was doing stuff like that. You know, like I he was love
3: a really. I is like my favorite deck ever. Huff, yeah, Huff, like
5: Huff. Yeah. yeah. I use the, the the Thoth deck. It's like my favorite deck to use.
3: Are you say Thoth? I say Thoth. I, I yeah, I don't people know say all
5: kinds of things.
1: <laughs> you know,
5: it's funny because like that deck like has so much um, psychology and intuition and stuff. Built into it, so it's the perfect deck to like wield magic. And and Aleister Crowley was really one of those people, and Israel Rigardi was another one who, um, and all the Theosophists really were were, were synthesizing um, arcane magic with um, this high level magic with yoga. Like they saw like where those intersections were.
4: Uh, um, true.
5: And it's like it was the, like Alice Bailey. Like she has a whole interpret. She has a whole book that's her interpretation and commentary on the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. So it's like this very magical interpretation of the Yoga Sutras, and it's mm-hmm. this really nice synthesis between the Eastern and Western magical systems and practices. Mm-hmm. So it, for me, what I'm trying to do is make it because you know the Theosophist stuff is really high mind to bring it down into a place where we can actualize it. Because for me it's important, like, we can talk about, you know, wielding magic and doing these things, but what it comes down to is how is it affecting me as a person? Like, how am I loving more um, and more deeply because of this experience? Like, how am I redefining what love actually is? And, And how am I creating authenticity with that love? You know, so it's getting more intimate with ourselves. And that's what yoga allows us to do. Yoga takes you to the very edges of your physicality, your emotional states, your spiritual states. Like, it brings you into contact with your edges. And it's a beautiful place to play because life is full of edges. And if you don't get comfortable with your edges somewhere, you'll be forced to encounter them in other places. So the yoga mats, like your temple, and when you step on that temple, it's sacred space. And you're really working with the temple of your body mm. in that sacred space. And, and to make it magical, like to have fun with it, like why not work on abundance work? Why not call in Lakshmi through the body and, and ask her to like help you, you know, when you're struggling financially, you know? We sometimes pray. You know, we'll put the words out there. But for me, if I put some sweat behind that, you know, it's like my prayer has deeper sincerity because I'm putting my entire being into it. There's no separation now. We're not second-guessing now. We're going all in. You know, mm-hmm. we're not saying a prayer of maybe. We're saying a prayer that I'm showing up fully, and I'm going to give it my all so that the outcome can be the best possible outcome, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. So it's just about showing up, you know.
4: The fire, yeah.
5: Yeah, and bhakti is like this, this, you know, it's either, you know, people either think it's all kirtan or they think it's like, which is the singing and devotional, which it can be. But, you know, I'm taking some of these, like, witchy chants, you know, goddess chants and putting them into the yoga practice, you know. I'm, I'm looking at where these things can have some joyful intersections so that we can have some fun. Like, I find sometimes yoga is, like, way too serious.
2: Ah uh-huh. well, dude, we lost it. We lost like three people. Oh
5: man,
0: oh man, we're going down.
3: What the <laughs> fuck,
0: <dude? laughs> who is
7: Mayday, mayday!
3: They've got, they're on to us.
0: <laughs> we got three heads. We got three heads. It's like Independence Day when <sighs> birds start going down. Yeah, guys, no.
2: I, 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 I wanted to jump in with that guy because Michael will be back. I haven't like I haven't said it or
0: anything, but like, dude, I've been. Okay, Michael Brazel joined that. Hangout. All right, huge okay. Huge in,
2: in that myself and like I, was, I just asked so many questions.
1: Uh-huh.
2: I'll let him get booted back up or something. But yeah, no, I've been like I've been practicing the craft for years too. Like I picked it up when I was, I was like 17 or 18, and I and I guess that's like the the whole basis of where I. Got started too, so I'm very intrigued with what Michael has to say. Very, very attentive listening to him too when he was all in there, because I haven't had a chance to talk to or listen to anybody else that that has that level of experience. And, <clears throat> and in my own personal experience, hey Michael, Michael, are you back? All right.
4: Yep,
5: I'm back. Yeah.
2: <laughs> nice,
5: dude. I was, I was
2: just saying like you left, and and I, I've been, I kind of. Told you on the uh, messenger yesterday or whatever. I've been practicing the craft for years myself, so I like I've been waiting to get like into a in-depth conversation with you because I've got a lot of questions. because um, you you were talking Absolutely. about like, you were talking about fairy magic is what you it's the style of witchcraft or whatever you. You follow, right, some sort of...
5: Yeah, so it's the Anderson fairy tradition. Um, And not necessarily, like, fairy, as you would think, like, the little beings with wings. Just fae in general. Well, this is a system that we recognize those beings, but it's not necessarily um, geared towards working with those beings. Um, So can I interlude for a second? Sure. Are
2: you sort of just trying to tie in... Paganism with a little Druidism, with a little like solid-based witchcraft, or not what?
5: really. This is a, it's a system of a, a traditional American witchcraft. So Victor Anderson, who was the so not um,
2: Silver Raven Wolf.
5: No, Silver Raven Wolf. That's more of a, what we would call the Wicca system. So Wicca, and um, which is based on Gerald Gardner's work. Is a lot different than traditional witchcraft, which, um, you know, the big difference is in in Wicca. There is this belief in the Wiccan Rede, and the Law of Three, and the Law of Return. Um, so it's for me, it, it, the way we practice We've is never we don't, been big on that. You know, we don't practice that way. Like, for us, there are times when you, you may do hexing and cursing, and that's perfectly yeah, those fine are in no our system. Those are,
2: those are like always no goes.
5: No, you can. There's absolute time and place for, for doing that type of work, and it's up to the individual to decide when that type of magic is necessary. It's not something that you want to do with frequency, but there are times when it may be appropriate to do those types of magic. And that's the difference in some of the systems, is that the systems who don't believe in those things follow a very specific set of guidelines and rules, whereas within our system, those guidelines and rules aren't there. We have the ability to wield our magic as we see fit because we have personal autonomy, and we are the ones who dictate the ethics of our own craft. Um so there's a difference in how systems use magic and how systems empower people to use magic okay
2: now there's no real fine line I couldn't I couldn't tell you a name from from something or I'll, I'll tell you that I've read Silver Raven wolves hmm New Age um, Book of Shadows for the New Age yeah. generation. That's a big one. The Big Red, yeah. Big Red's yeah. good. There's a lot of stuff in there that's it's very good. It gets down to some really highly detailed things, mm-hmm. um, but as an, but as everything, you must take it with a grain of salt. It's what I was first told by my first instructor. My first instructor is my only instructor, save for myself, and we are of the same age. So, technically. He was several years ahead of me, but we were the same age, so we were able to grow and learn together. Now, we took a lot of what Silver Raven Wolf had to tell us through that book. Yeah, I incorporated a lot of that into my practice, but as far as claiming Wiccan or anything like that, I do not. I will tell you I'm completely undefined, and mostly everything sort of just mended to how I interpret it as my own magic. And... I'll tell you that I've I've taken things from Silver Ravenwolf I've taken things from Buckland you know Buckland, Buckland's Mm -hmm. Big Blue it's a good one, I've got that one I've got a couple other books but I tend not to take things from books I try to just do it once you get the basics of how a circle goes and and how to build a ritual you can sort of just you know you don't have to sit in a book your whole life that's what we try not to do um, we try and just take as much good information as we can from multiple different sources and incorporating that into our own style, and I guess that's what we've done, um, me and my, it's really only me at this point, I guess, and you guys, and all of you guys, but, um, yeah, the guys that I grew up with when we were doing that, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the other people still are since we've gotten very far with distance and and communication has being, you know, gotten down. We don't talk a lot as much as we do, me and the other members of our little closed group that we have formed up when we were kids and took that on ourselves as our teaching and everything. And, I don't know, it was a system yeah. of. It was, it was a very small circle, system of elders and some leaders. It's very, very small, though. So there is really no name, sect, or defining words that could tell you style of my craft or anything. Um, but it was just very I just really wanted to. Uh, talk to you about (laughs) your style. I mean that's
5: that's like the beauty of
2: your style because not a lot of people, you know, use that word straight up and like uh, uh, I mean I'll tell you I'm a witch, but it's not something that I I tell people. It's something something that I just keep under wrap.
0: Kyle's a witch.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Now it's (laughs) out there, now the whole world (laughs) (laughs) it was that time
2: the door was open now
5: through you. Yeah. Cool. There we go.
0: I was gonna say, guys. Yeah, let's let's um spend a little bit more talking about witchcraft and and magic and practical stuff, um and then we'll we'll just keep bouncing around a little bit more. But yeah, we'll, let's just yeah, go go into this a little bit more. Um, uh, Michael or Michelle, I know both you guys got your mic open, so
5: yeah. So you know, but I, I want to touch on, on what he said. It's you know the thing about witchcraft and the, and the thing that I like about that path especially is that it can be as eclectic as you want, um, and I think that's why some people are drawn to it is because there is no, you know, there's no real wrong way to do it, you know? Um, like, I have the Morrigan next to Kali, next to Shiva, next to Jesus, next to Quan Yin on my altar, and they all get along just great, you know? <laughs> it's like you can, you can honor and give grace to those things, and to
2: multiple deities across the board, yeah. without having to be self-judgmental or right. selective of any real way, and yeah. like you said, how you incorporate yoga in your into your style of magic and everything, and that's really cool because that's kind of what I do with my quote-unquote. I guess I guess I'm calling it warrior workout or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just you know whatever I do you know <laughs> um, with my working out. I try and kind of. I, I, I don't know any yoga poses, so I don't really do yoga, but I do my stretching, I do stillness, I do moving stretching, all these different things while I'm working out, while trying to draw down the sun and pull from the earth and get my feet into the, in the ground, letting myself be ground and centered and, and pulling all this in and trying to just be as, you know, tapping into that highest directive ultimately. Your yeah. very mo- uh, uttermost highest frequency of consciousness with the most pure intent that you could deliver. If you're not doing it with pure intention, then you're going to get booted from the server.
1: <laughs>
5: you know, I think, you know, for me, what I find witchcraft and even yoga allows me to do, because for a long time, you know, I was really into the whole new age idea of ascension and, and what I've learned through my practice as both a witch and as a yogi is that to ascend you have to descend first into the body yes. like you can't like you know we spend a lot of time trying to get out of the body whereas this is where everything happens and there is so much sacred beautiful stuff here in this plane of existence that we're missing out on by trying not to be here and and that's some of the fallacy of the new age movement is that um, it does teach us on some level to be here but on other levels it's also trying to get us out of here um, and oftentimes the it's stress to go from mind to spirit so we have this really strong mind-spirit connection and then the body gets left out and it's in the body that we actually manifest like say for instance you know, we use principles like the law of attraction and we, we can go from mind to God and we can pray and put affirmation around those things we're trying to manifest. And then we manifest it, but then, you know, so you manifest that brand new bicycle you've always wanted. You, you wanted it since you were a kid. Now you have, you read like, you know, Abraham Hicks and like you're putting stuff out there. And now the bike showed up, but then your body's like, nah, I'm too scared to get on that bike. So the body will reject the very thing you've manifested because it was left out of the manifesting process. You know, we, we forget this is where it all happens. Your body holds every memory from the moment you were, you know, being held by your mother in her womb. You know, it it every sensation you've ever felt is stored in your body, like all these emotions, everything, every scar, every nick, every stub toe, every bit of fear, every bit of joy, the body holds that. And in my tradition of witchcraft, we teach the tripartite soul. So we have the middle self, which is our rational self. We have the god self, which is our holy guardian. It's the one that is the pure, perfect part of us. But then we have the lower self, which is our animalistic self. It's our primal self. It's in, in our tradition, in, in the Hawaiian practice of huna, you only can reach the divine by first going through the body. So you have to go down to go up because it needs to be part of that process. And when it's left out, it, it breaks the this, this circuit. And when the circuit's broken, the body begins to feel the effects of that, um, which is why you have a lot of people who burn out spiritually because if you're, you're always going up into divine space, you're, you're burning. That's a lot of light to continuously bring in. Um, we have to go into the body and work on the complexes, the shadow. Like we have to do that, that work, you know, too much light will kill you. Too much dark will, will starve you. You know, we work in, you know, the betwixt places. We work at twilight and dawn, you know, it's like these, <laughs> these very powerful spaces that um, I think being a witch lets us access, you know, cause I was like, full-on, like, new age, for when I first came into, like, this work, and it was a message that I got from my own intuition that said, um, the more light you bring in, the bigger your shadow gets, you know? If you put your hand, like, near a a flashlight and start to pull that light back and more light shines on your hand, the shadow that's cast on the wall gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And if we don't give ourselves permission to also look at the shadow – we will also block how we manifest. And I think that's something that's inherent in a lot of witchcraft systems is the idea of shadow work and working with the shadow and working with those parts of self that are often ignored. You know, It's, it's owning all of our parts and pieces to become whole. It's not leaving anything out. Because you know, that's what yoga does. If you get on a yoga mat and you start moving your body, you start to see where all your resistance is, like hamstrings, like glutes. You, you see where the tightness is. The frustration comes up. The anger comes up. The All that stuff comes up because it's all right there. you know. But that's what it is, is taking ownership of all of it so that we can be whole. You know?
1: mm-hmm.
3: Self-acceptance um, is such a huge part of that um, process and learning and self-acceptance on one hand, of your greatness, of how awesome you are, of your own divinity, but not in like a like uh, like a um, oh God, not in a grandiose way, but like mm-hmm. in an acknowledgement of like the sincerity of your own divinity and right. the acceptance and integration of your that primal energy, the shadow, the animalistic qualities. I have been working through this personal, but whatever, it's just coming up, Um, just a lot of shame of, like, the Mm -hmm. desire of this beautiful, like, um, uh, primal potency Kali tantric goddess energy, and that's, and also, um, I was having a conversation earlier today about, like, a trickster archetype that is showing itself, revealing itself in me, and how Mm -hmm. that, and how I haven't really worked with that on a conscious level, and I started very dark when I was in high school, I was goth, you know, I had like bright red hair before Manson did it, but like around the same years, you know,
1: mm-hmm. and
3: I wore boots and leather and everything. And then I went very Quan Yin, I went very light. And I went very light because I think I want to not scare people so much, and you have tattoos on your face, so I mean like, but mm-hmm. I went to this other extreme of myself. And now I'm kind of coming back into an integration of balance. So that lost part of myself where that fierceness, where I kind of stifled that fierceness for whatever reason. Um, She's asking now to be like owned in a way. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of my work earlier this year was about recognizing that, the sacredness of the ferocity,
1: you know, and how do I
3: bring that to the table without scaring people, not so it's like too much, but like without disempowering myself because a lot of my power comes from that essence, Mm -hmm. that rawness that I have. And then so how do I deliver, how do I own all of that? So I'm still fusing that, you know. Um, It's a part of my my woman self that I need to, in order to be whole. So I just wanted to say that.
5: There's that. There's a the phrase in Psalm 23. I prepare a table in the presence of mine enemies. It's not I slew my enemies. It's not I went to battle with my enemies. It's I prepared a table in the presence of mine enemies. And in, what that's saying is that within us there is these there, is, there are these warring factions, and mm-hmm. that let's just sit down and have a meal together. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about demon work in my practice, it's really getting to know those parts of ourself that you know may have been there for a reason but are still lingering now. It's my addictions. It's my anger. It's my procrastination. It's mm. my fear. It's saying, I love you, and you're part of me, and because you're a part of me, we need to sit down and have a discussion about how we can work together. And it's honoring... That part of myself it's honoring my trauma as something that needs to be loved and, and not something that should be shamed you know it's being vulnerable enough with myself to say look I this is a part of me that is still hurting and I'm going to hold that place that's in pain in deep love right now and give it the gratitude that it's calling for you know because if it's still warring within me um, it's calling for something And if I sit at the table with it and I say, look, we may not have always got along, but if we can have this discussion, I'll do this in my journal. I'll have this discussion with it. Like I'll have a very – or I'll put a chair across from me and like we'll have this discussion, whether it be internally or externally. And I think that allows us then to work in relation to these parts of ourselves that we're warring with. And it's a fine line between – acts of love and acts of war. It's like when people go to the gym or when my clients come to the gym for a workout and i will ask them, why are you here? Um, and very often people say, you know, well, I, want, I want to be stronger. I want to like look better. I want to look this. I want to try this. And those statements are, are statements of war. You know, I want to look different than what I currently am. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's nothing wrong with wanting those things. But if my intention is that I am not good enough as I am, therefore I need this other thing. That's an act of war, right? If my desire may be, like, maybe that's a great side effect, but I'm going to love myself enough to do this workout today solely because I love myself as I am, as I am. I love myself. And if this other stuff happens, great, you know, and usually when we start loving ourselves all the other stuff starts to catch up because when you go to war with yourself your body is so much more intelligent than we are you know <laughs> it's like it knows how to sabotage a diet it knows how to like you know it'll, you, that's why people yo-yo diet they they go up and down in weight because the body is, it's a trickster like it's an it's animalistic it's primal it only know, it if you go to war with like a dog it'll bite you Mm -hmm. You know, it's primal. It knows that game much better than the rational mind will. And you can't force it. It will naturally go along if you love it enough. And I think that's, you know, I kind of, I printed out that psalm and I, like, highlighted that line. I was like, that's exactly the visualization to bring those pieces to the table and say, God, I love myself enough to have that conversation. Mm
4: -hmm. It's like,
5: it's like I went through a really bad breakup, right, and you finally get to the other side of it, and I light a candle to my ex, and I say, I love you, even still now, and not in a love that's, that's toxic, it's, it's saying thank you for the teaching, it's thanking the experience of, of pain, it's thanking the heartbreak, you know, thank mm-hmm. you for allowing me to feel, you know, what I'm feeling because it hurts, thanking the pain as a doorway to something greater. You know, Mm -hmm. thanking the very fact that in this moment I I can experience pain. You know, when so many people, like, die. Like, just in the the past few minutes, like, how many people died, you know? They're no longer able to feel heartbreak, right? I see people sometimes complaining about, you know, oh, it was snowing. Oh, it's snowing. It's so terrible. It's like, God, how many people right now are never going to get to feel the snow again? You Mm -hmm. know, like, the very fact that I can complain about it is sacred. You know, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It's like, but, you know, you brought something else up too that's really important, things we don't talk about enough like sex and death and these things that, I you know, like Skull and I did some taboo topics in the past, you know, and I think, like, there are those things we, we skip over, <laughs> you know, because, you know, we're uncomfortable talking about those things or even a word like shame, like we won't talk about it. We won't talk about the spirituality of addiction. We won't talk about these things because it's so much easier to talk about, like, all these things like lucid dreaming and touching the light and, like, witchcraft even, right, which is still kind of taboo. But it's hard to, like, talk about the spirituality of shame. It's hard to talk about the spirituality of trauma, you That's,
3: know. Yeah. I would bring to this podcast, like, I was wrecking like, the uh, self-sabotage kind of my. Like, Recently where I was like, oh shit, like that's like I need to. I, that's like a real thing, like where you, like shy away from your power. That was so. It's just mm-hmm. like self, how you're self-sabotaging yourself, and I'm like, I need to study that concept because it's something that's showing up that I I'm
1: mm-hmm.
3: not not aware of. But like, I really don't. Yeah, like what is the habit patterns? I was talking about the hero's journey a lot earlier today, so that's like a part of the hero's journey, or like all of our addictive. Whatever we have, but yeah, that's a good idea. It's so funny though because I'm like I can like almost see Skull. I I know you're right there, but like I see you in my head. It's like it isn't like something when we talk about community or Facebook. You know, it's like it's hard to like um, catch people with a net. With like today, we're gonna have a podcast
1: on self sabotage. (laughs) 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 Nobody wants to party. (laughs) Yeah, right.
5: (laughs) Uh, Well, it's like you know I do a lot of talk about death. You know, death is an important part of my practice, especially with bhakti, because it's a side. You know, yoga teaches you how to die. Like that's what mm-hmm. shavasana is. Like shavasana is the corpse pose. Mm-hmm. We're we're walking towards death, the entire class. Like, mm-hmm. but people are so afraid to call it the por- corpse pose. They won't call it that. Shavasana sounds pretty. It's cool. Like let's shavasana it out. People, you ask me what's your favorite pose? Shavasana. Okay, well, like we're learning to die. Like death is your favorite pose. Mm-hmm. You know, and it really is. You know, death feeds life. It's mm-hmm. it's this beautiful. This um, shaman once said, and it was really powerful. He said there are three very powerful experiences we'll have, you know, mm-hmm. in life. Three very powerfully mystical experiences. And one is the birth. The second is sex. And the third is death. You know, because it is truly a mystery. We can hypothesize about what happens on the other side of that. And we have other people's experiences of what they may or may not have seen. But we won't know until we cross that threshold ourselves. So it's this beautiful mystery. Um, We live in a very death-phobic society. We view death as punishment. You know, it's like you see when a celebrity dies. People, like, get really upset. Like, oh, no, like, why did this happen? Well, because people die. (laughs) That's what happens. It's beautiful, the fact that this person was able to leave, you know, it's like, God, how sacred that is, you know, we do things to slow the process down, like, people, like, we spend a lot of time trying to get out of here, but we really don't want to get out of here, like, there's a part of us that just wants know. to live forever, you know, like, I don't want to live forever, like, I want to, like, have all those sacred experiences, there's something beautiful about it, but, like, having a conversation about death is, is you know, so going to talk about death tonight, people won't, like, show up for it. But if I say, let's talk about love, and then when they show up, I say, well, one of the aspects that I want to talk
4: about <laughs> is love is,
5: is death, you know? <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll love it, I love death, man. It's, like, it's so beautiful, though, right? Think about it. It's like, yeah. it's, it's like this beautiful thing that constantly walks with you. The minute you are born, you begin to die,
1: mm-hmm.
5: and that's just a beautiful thing. You know, and people try to spiritualize the language, well, the, we we have continuity of, the, you know, the soul never dies. Well, no, but the body does, yeah. you know? And I think when we put spiritual language over it, just like putting potpourri on a turd, you know, it's like, you know, you can try to get it out of the room, but we have to talk about it because then we can transform that into something that's very beautiful because we are all going to get there. But having those discussions um, about it can be really troubling for people, because it ha- you have to be vulnerable enough to have those conversations.
3: Ah, good point. Yeah, and that's, a, I want to say a skill, but that's like, that's, that's a maturity, actually. Spiritual
5: maturity. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Because I think we we're having them, especially because of the stuff we're witnessing. Like, we're witnessing death. Like, we just witnessed that shooting, you know, in Orlando. We're mm-hmm. witnessing a lot of celebrity deaths this year. We're witnessing war. We're witnessing bombs going off all around us. We're witnessing the death of relationships. We're witnessing stuff dying constantly.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: So it's there, but we're so afraid to actually talk about it because it means we have to acknowledge the fact that we are also dying. Well, I mean, you know.
2: it's, it's making way for new things to happen, new New elements need to be created and yeah. in the death process. You're, you, you, and, you, and it's a trans, it's a transforming. It's a transformation. That's yeah. what I'm getting at, I guess. Death, is, death itself is a, a transforming process because each time you come to live and gather more knowledge, every time you come and you say, all right, before I go there, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to die, and then hopefully I'll have learned my lessons, right? That's what it's, you know, hopefully. So I guess it's um, <clears throat> it's a transforming process in that way, but it's, it's simultaneously making way for new things to occur. Like when my buddy Tommy went, it was really weird, you know, it was really strange how it happened, I guess. To the point where it was like, uh, you don't know if he ran into the highway or if he was just sort of in the middle of it. Um, But, you know, like, I like to think he made way, and and other people have said this, like, he made way for things to happen, for new initiative things to start happening, like, to just, to be initiated one process switching off this circuit automatically turns on the next you know one out one out. that's how it, that's that's how it works and and in all actuality death is death is not something to be mourned over i think it's very american to mourn death a lot of other cultures celebrate it because you're passing on but i mean if you ask me death is just being unplugged a little bit your time for play is done for now hopefully you've done the work that you came here to do because I believe very much so that I came here for a reason I came here with something I'm going to implement it and then I'm going to go and I'll be back when humanity needs me again I guess I don't know that's just what I I get from life that's what I get from personal envisionment from envisioning myself and and you know I do a lot of I I do lack a lot of self-love on my own part because I forget to love myself but I'm one of those people who who questions and I go well what what is that what is what is love exactly you know because you have all these different ideas of it but it's a vibration it's a frequency it's it is a physical thing. that can, it, It's tangible. It can be touched. It can be manipulated. It can be used and molded. It is a self-sustaining force. It is something that um, I guess can both be created and well, always has been, maybe. I mean, I know what I feel when I get a frequency of self-love, and I'm really in that state of, oh my god, wow, check this out, like, and you just have a massive, and people will look at you, and you're like, are you fucking crazy? Like, no, I just, I love right now, you know, I'm not crazy, I love, <laughs> what do you love? I love Earth, I love everything, you know, like, I, I have this very incredibly strong um, idea, I mean, it's a really wild one, but... <laughs> It, goes, it also goes on to the, uh, you know, secret mushroom saying, if everyone were on – imagine everyone in the world, whether or not, on psilocybin or whatever. If they were, it would work a lot better, but if not, just check it out. If we had everybody in the world and we were just like, everyone take five minutes of your day, stop at this time, everyone simultaneously – now just sit and clear your mind and think one thought. Seven billion people, not what are we, nine billion, ten billion people on planet Earth now? Ten billion people on planet Earth simultaneously thinking, I love Mother Earth. I love nature. I just love life and being here in this moment right now. And, like, you'll hear me say it a lot, and it sounds kind of stupid because it comes from a tool song, but, like, just hold on. Be here right now. Stay inside of this moment right now. I love that. It's too perfect. And I guess that's what what, it, what an ultimate yeah I don't know, just say that to yourself a couple times and see if you don't start smiling, you know? <laughs> Sometimes I can't say that without smiling. Um but that that's that's very good. Uh, everything we just covered kind of just dropped a little bit of knowledge into each slot I needed something to get out of. That's very nice. It's very nice. There's a lot of synchronicities in that one. That's powerful. Hmm. Wow. Well, I love
1: cool.
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of forgot where I was getting off on there.
5: Where where I was going. Um ah, I do want to touch on something you said, though, about mourning. I don't think there's anything wrong with mourning. I I think grief is a beautiful thing. Grief is natural. Um, We're just not taught how in this country. That's why it looks like celebration in other places. We're taught to suppress and to move on, to get over it, to get back into life. Um, Whereas, you know... Other societies have processes that are handed down to teach how to grieve. And in this country, we're not taught how to grieve. Um, and and repressed grief can cause very dangerous things to happen. You know, it's, it's where anger manifests. It's where um, we become more constricted and limited, um, being able to access our grief and um, Gives us a chance to integrate the loss. And I think that's important. And that's grief allows us to say that what's happened has happened. Um, it's like when, you know, I do mediumship and when my clients come to me for a reading, um, one of the things that I want to do first with the person is to talk about the loss because we have to acknowledge the a loss has occurred, and sometimes that's the most healing thing that can happen. Sometimes people want to reach through the veil to connect, to have that continuity, but it sometimes erases the fact that a loss actually occurred. Like, we have to touch grief first. Grief is a really powerful transformative tool. Um, You know, and it, it can, you know, there's, like, broken heart syndrome, you know? It's like broken heart can literally kill you. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and the very fact that it can have such a powerful effect on the physical body says it's something that we have to acknowledge, and I think it's natural to acknowledge it. I actually, in my journal, I printed out the five stages of grief, just so I can always have them in there, so we're gonna all, we're, like, for me, witnessing what happened um, in Orlando, like, touch grief, like, it brought up a lot of grief, um, a lot of old fears, you know, a lot of experiences I had as a gay man in an early gay world that where it was less accepted, where I was in the military, and it wasn't something that you could claim outwardly in the military. Um, there was a lot of violence. So, you know, it touched a lot of grief that's still there from all these things I've experienced. And giving myself the container to touch that grief and to let it move um, allowed me to integrate the loss in a way that was transformative versus something that was destructive. You know, it's like when we see um, people politicizing these global events so quickly, we're not allowed to grieve. It automatically becomes a political issue, It becomes a guns right issue, It becomes a homophobia issue, It becomes an is- Islamophobia issue. It becomes an issue and we're not allowed to grieve. You know, we're not given the space to actually just feel the pain of what just happened you know so all that anger that comes up gets redirected and then the war happens you know and we're not allowed to experience the multitude of things that we're going to experience when grief shows up that's why like when I was going through it like, I had to like shut the- down Like, I was watching all these debates and things happening and it's not that we shouldn't have those conversations it's just that there's a time and a place for them, you know? And I think when you're in the middle of grief, you have to let yourself feel it. It's the most loving thing you can do for yourself and for the loss. It goes back to what we said earlier. It's like putting a candle on your altar and saying, you know, I honor this pain that's happening. I'm not trying to get rid of it. I'm just going to honor it. I'm going to love it because it's here.
6: So you're
3: um, you're channeling some medicine for me, I think, at the moment, rather, because... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was given an experience, and it's a loss of a part of yourself, or parts, parts of ourself. I'll just speak mainly um, as we close chapters on our lives and relationships. So it's even like things that um, mean a lot to you. Like I had this one friend that meant a lot to me, and I was aware of uh, the, how I didn't let myself grieve. I just like shut that door, like on my own. It was my chosen scorpio. so I just cut it. I was like, oh, this is showing itself to me, and now I see that, and I just shut that door, cut it off, I did not grieve, and through that not grieving, um, I guess I, I, the words that are coming now are created a wound, or I did something Mm. without acknowledging uh, how much the depth of that was to me, so like you Mm. said, you go into an action, my action was more like an icy like coldness, but like, or like an amputation perhaps of like a psychic part of myself, which was this relationship with this other person. Um, But it's also um, the same thing that you talked about, people go outward with anger, which I don't do, you know, not for whatever reason, but whatever, but you, instead of going into an action, you know, you, um, or instead of allowing yourself, sorry, it's late now, (laughs) instead of allowing yourself space for your... um, your pain and acknowledging the fact that you are hurt by whatever is happening, you go into a de- like a defense or an action right. or a, yeah, a pushing away of it or a suppression of it. Like in my case, and um, and that will stifle. Or what I saw in myself was it freezes a part of you in that space. And so I don't know if you. I'm sure people were listening relate to this they see their parents and they see how their parents are like frozen at like a certain age or people, parts of you come up and it's like your 15-year-old self, like that's in my case, Um, but I can see like the different, like the people like you, um, they stagnate at these trauma points, right, and Mm -hmm. actually what Sean Korn teaches in yoga, and this is something that I love about the practice of yoga when, to circle back, is when I move energy through from yoga you move that trauma through you move that psychic energy through you're giving your space to feel your pain you're giving your space to feel the the frustration or the things that you can't put words to but you're discharging the energy and that's something that's so good about like the hatha yoga practice is you get into the hips and it's just like you're like i don't even know that that bothered me but until it left and then i'm so glad um so anyway so um but yeah giving ourselves space to acknowledge that we have these depths of emotions
1: and mm-hmm. then to,
3: like, process them is not taught in our culture at all. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, those of us who teach workshops, I think that's in ritual and allow people that sacred space, that energy to connect deeply or write down what their real wishes are, what their prayers are, you know, put it in the bucket and then do a ritual around it. I think that's it. That's yeah, yeah, I can see that as being medicine on that level.
5: It's like an act of self-love, you know, like something that Kyle touched on. You know, I think it's it's the most loving thing we can do to let ourselves experience the pain of what we're feeling going through. You know, mm-hmm. that's love. Um, love can be all these really beautiful things, but um, love can also be very painful. Love can be very messy and complicated. Love can be dangerous. You know, love can be – that's why, like, love is this really cool thing because it really it morphs and it melds and it grows and it contracts and it constricts. It's going to be different. Whoever you ask, you know, it could change minute by minute, you know, what love is, especially love in, in, in reference to romantic love and, and intimacy and that place where it touches our heart in a way that we know that when the fall happens, because it's going to happen. You know, someone said once, and it was a really powerful statement she said she told me like all relationships end badly and i was like well what do you mean she says well someone's gonna die eventually (laughs) you know and in that moment there's going to be grief and i think we have to give ourselves permission to like to do that and i think that's why i do like yoga because it does let us do that Mm -hmm. um we distract ourselves from it you know we're, we're taught to do that suppression stuff we're taught like if you're grieving, it, especially for for men, even it's a sign of weakness to grieve. You know, move on, pick your stuff up, and get back into life. You know, and there's no real process for it. Um, Brene Brown does a lot of work around vulnerability and empathy, and mm-hmm. I think that helps us to to be able to hold space for ourselves, but also to be able to bear witness for others to hold grief. You know, and I'm finding like in my work as an intuitive. Um, and as a medium to just be able to hold someone in that space for a minute. Like sometimes like people will come for a session and Mm. then what I get into it, we're just going to sit and we're just going to love each other for a few minutes. Mm. And if pain comes up, we're just going to love that pain together for a few minutes. Mm. And we start to go through these layers where these like, you know, it really is grief is like killing an onion because the deeper you go, the more tears come, (laughs) you know? And I think, You know, tears are really just the way the soul speaks, you Mm -hmm. know. It's like the minute you start holding space for that stuff, as an act of love, you then can let yourself have the experience, like, that you need. It may be tears. It may be body movement. It may be, like, you know, punching a pillow. It could be screaming. It could be laughing. It could be whatever. Like, people experience grief differently. But, um... What I have seen is where when we don't manif- we don't let the grief manifest, and we suppress it. Like for me, for a while, like I was a serial monogamist. You know, like mm-hmm. I had the one big relationship, and then the person was my soulmate, and then like it fell apart, and then like I went to relationship to, re- to suppress it. I started going into relationship mm-hmm. because it it didn't. I didn't have to acknowledge it because the void was filled. But then mm-hmm. the projections that I was putting on these new people, it wasn't fair to them because Mm -hmm. I really wasn't in it for them. I was in it to fill the hole, Mm
1: -hmm.
5: you know. So then we get into this whole thing where, you know, it becomes a distortion of love, Mm
1: -hmm.
5: you know. So I think letting ourselves feel that pain in whatever way um, we need to can be, you know, essential to growth.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's one. It's coming. That's why it's coming up for, me for sure. Because it's like it cleanses the palate so psychically so you can. Because I was wondering, it's like, is it the forgiveness that I need? Do I need to forgive this? Which makes it outer again, and it's like no, it's inward work. It's inward work of admitting to yourself that you felt hurt so much, you know, yeah. and that part of yourself, and like understanding that. And I'm still on the fence of like, well, do I contact this person? Is this something that I share? And it's cool having this like little inkling of like yeah it's just really just again it's about being with your process and i don't have an answer yet i don't know what form that do you share with the other person Mm -hmm. like yeah that really affected me deeply and i just want to like share that space with you you know because it's totally like what will be healing it's it's hard to discern sometimes you know but i'm just going to keep listening like i am and like But I know that that tra- that it's there's calling for a higher level of consciousness, a clearing, and in order to grow or like um, like every time for myself, she like clearing layers of grief. Like you mm-hmm. expand more of joy and ecstasy. Like you were talking about ecstasy and such. Um, and I that's a prayer that I had like a year ago to like add. I was like I'm sick of the grieving goddess that I. In, and I'm ready to step into this joyous, like ecstatic, like just luscious, you know, woman that I know that I can be, you know, and um, and so and it, it's an interesting unraveling of the onion in order to like remove mm-hmm. all of the, you know, it's amazing, it's amazing. But I feel, and I came up with this. I wanted to write a story about it, but I never got to, which is like grief is a superpower
5: because grief is like,
3: oh, yeah, yeah, right, and like it's powerful, it's potent.
5: Yeah. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, it's so beautiful. I think, like, grief especially is that doorway that we all walk through at some point. You know, it's a beautiful doorway. Um, It's not one that we want to acknowledge sometimes, but I think even if it's just, like, there's this really good book called um, The Smell of Rain on Dust. And uh, on Rust, and it's um, it talks about grief, and it's like you know, reading books about grief and understanding the process of grief um, has given me new perspectives and ways to acknowledge the pain that's still there. I think for me, for a long time, like and like the, like even soulmate, right? So like this person that I met, he was like my soulmate, like he was like but he was also my very first spiritual teacher in a way. Um, but the misconception of soulmate, because soulmates aren't people who bring you, they bring you love, but they're, they're also their purpose is to bring you your most difficult lesson.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And
5: that's what a soulmate does. You know, that's the purpose. I even have his name tattooed on my arm next to the word soulmate, so I always will remember,
4: mm-hmm. you know.
5: And it's like you go through that breaking, but the heart is its made to break, you know. It's like, it's made to break and that's what love is especially interpersonal love because it's saying i'm i'm opening this door enough for you to walk through knowing that you could totally like rob my house yeah <laughs> you know like you could you could come in and like steal all my cool stuff <laughs> and i just got to be totally okay with the idea that you could steal all my GI Joes. <laughs> you know and like be okay with that and you know, it's like this this space of surrender. And I think that's another thing that love actually is, its surrender.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it's
5: like that's why we get on our yoga mats or we sit on our meditation cushions or we drink our herbal tea. It's like it's an act of surrender to something. You know, mm-hmm. and surrender is like the, the greatest act of love. Mm-hmm. And surrendering yeah. to our grief can just be a beautiful act of love.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: And that's the whole thing transmutation um, that I've experienced, that I've, been, that I've been dancing with, that I've been privileged enough to like, walk through the doors of, is understanding, like, God, like, it can get so good, too. It can be so luscious and so um, heavenly and primal and just, like, I don't know, just, like, gorgeous. Life can be so gorgeous. And being in that open, intimate, vulnerable space with somebody and not feeling paranoid or any of that, you can feel like real transcendence, you know, and alchemy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and soul magic and all of that. And it's funny and like hearing all of that said back to me like i I'm, I'm just aware of like oh bliss. And I can feel I can feel that ah! <laughs> it makes me happy.
5: Yeah.
3: It makes me happy like for it's... all that all that is and gone through and, and
5: feel yeah. Good. Yeah. It's, it's, that's all magic, you know. It's what leads us here. It's like forgiveness. It's it's not really for them. It's for us, you know. And we forget the process, like, like in relationship. Like, I can forgive my ex. I can say I've done the work to forgive and release this person. But mm-hmm. there's the other half of the coin that says, there's the victim story that I'm holding on to that says, what was it about me that allowed this to happen?
4: Mm-hmm. And that's
5: the part that needs the forgiveness. This mm-hmm. person really could probably care less if I forgave him or not you know we haven't talked since like in three years since I talked to my last ex, right so like you could probably care less if I forgive him or not but the part of the story in me that still says what was it about me that allowed this or what was it about me that they didn't like enough or what part of me wasn't good enough Right. that's, that's the story that's saying we need the forgiveness right here mm-hmm. um, so I like for me like the ritual is I light a candle and I like like the candle and say burn away like whatever still still remains that's a contract that I may have with this person or with myself in regard to this person and I just let myself experience whatever needs to be experienced and, you know and there may be times like like it's been like 10 years since my first you know my first love and mm-hmm. I still feel the pain of that. There are days like I'm in the shower and I can just, I can almost feel him like in my arms, you know? It's like it's still uh, that real.
4: Yeah. You know, it's
5: like it's like he's still here, you know? Or I hear a song and it's like wow. It's like it's just like it was the very same moment in time, you know? It's like you can still touch it because that love
3: is eternal. It's,
5: it's it's there, right? It's it's mm-hmm. the body remembers everything. That's mm-hmm. why like we have to treat the body like so so nice because it, it remembers everything. You know, we talk about you see that that tape on the other side. Well the body's like the recording device. It's like it's recording the recording the story. <laughs> but
3: our it's not our physical body though, it's our a spiritual emotional
5: body.
1: It's our
3: it's,
5: yeah, it's all of it. The the physical body records it too because That's it's where true. you feel the pain. You know, it's like when you feel heartache. It's, like, right here. You feel fear. It's, like, in your stomach. Um, You know, you feel the pain in the body. So it's recording all of that stuff also. Like, I I have a scar in my foot that I got when I was, like, 10. It's still there. You know, it's still very present. It's a reminder because the body holds it. You know, it's, like, it's why we won't touch the stove when it's hot. (laughs) You know, because it remembers that it's going to burn us. So mm-hmm. I think it's all integrated. It's that integrated space that's recording the whole deal for us, you know. Mm-hmm. But the body is the part we forget, you know. It's, like, it's why, like, when you said your yoga practice allow you to pull back those layers. It's like because when we are able to connect to the body that way, it mm-hmm. allows us to, to experience it. Because mm-hmm. it's hard to do, like, up here. Like, I can't really do that in the astral realm you know, I experienced my grief right here. This mm-hmm. is where I need to feel it because this is where it's going to have the most impact.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: Sure, but those, mm-hmm. I was
5: thinking
3: about the chronic body. Go ahead, Paul.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to jump in. I mean, like to be honest, like, I would, Again. It, it was, it
1: was,
0: yeah, no, I mean, there was some good stuff that came up there, so I was more than happy to just let it flow. Like, you guys were, you guys were just, like, getting... Getting into some good stuff there, definitely. Um, I was just gonna say, like logistics-wise, we can check back in, but let's just keep going. Any other points, and just inviting other people to join into the conversation. I mean, we've covered quite a few things here in the last few minutes, you know, from life to death, so and everything in between. <laughs> so.
1: We keep. It. I would. <laughs> I was
0: gonna say, um, I mean death is something I'm not shy of talking about as well. Um and uh, within the future of the Paradigm Shift Project, within the Paradigm Shift Destiny School, I actually do wanna have like a class like specifically about death. And and you know, again, you know, that can get into a lot of things and studying death I think does oh, help yeah. us understand more.
1: What's
0: up, a- a- Michelle?
3: I wanna do a reading okay, I got an idea about this. We should do a Tibetan book of the dead also because it's like no Reading assignment and have a mystery school about that. We could even do like a five-week sure. thing about that. Yeah, because I haven't gotten into that even. I haven't delved in. It. I'm not like definitely no expert, but I know that it's
0: yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Tibetan Book of the Dead will be something that we can bring into that classroom in, ahead of time. So, yeah. Um, if anybody's interested in that, go, that book go that read I it now. It. Or, I probably have a digital version, to be honest. Um, well, Ram
5: Dass, Ram Dass and Timothy uh, Leary said that when they started experiencing, experimenting with acid, that the journey they saw through those layers of experience was, when they went back and they started reading that, um, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, it was exactly what they were experiencing, not knowing that that was what they were experiencing. So yeah. when we talk about psychedelics, even, the tibetan book of the dead is like the roadmap. it tells you exactly where you're going and how to get there so that would be cool really
7: thing. helpful because like on acid i've been like confused before because something happened where i'm like what it's like i don't understand this <laughs> so maybe uh that would be cool to read that book then
0: yeah I was um yeah the, this topics actually come up from a few different angles but yeah like that's I've noticed that too is that the commonality because again you know when we're talking about it, like the psychedelic space the dream space, the death space the before birth space it's all the same thing. Essentially, it's like like stepping back into that version of reality, or at least the versions that are very similar and the versions where our thoughts are like instantly creating. And, and yeah, like that's the thing I've noticed with like meditating on psychedelics. You're like navigating through hyperspace. And so if you understood more about how to navigate through hyperspace, um, I feel, yeah, no, I, I just adding on to Rebecca what you're saying, it'd be cool to just like know the little tips and tricks of like how to navigate um through like in death state and in psychedelic state and ultimately in this state just a little bit better as well but yeah death psychedelics and everything um totally uh rebecca was there anything else you want to say on that or well like what i didn't understand about well it was weird
7: it was like Um, I saw somebody doing, like, it looked like people were actors when I was on acid. Like, there was this guy doing surgery on this girl's leg on this, like, massage table. And it was, like, I had seen that before. Like, in my last trip, I was seeing surgery everywhere and, like, a lot of, um, like, yeah, it was weird. It looked like on stage people were doing surgery and I saw, like it looked like someone was burying somebody. I saw, like, the muscles and everything, but it was actually, they were just covering piping. But to me, it looked like something else. And it really tripped me out, because, like, I swear I saw what I saw. Anyways, and, yeah, like, it's like I saw things that weren't there, but were there. <laughs> and it just kind of confused me, because I'm like, hmm, am I just tripping, or is there something to this?
0: That's interesting because, you know, the brain will often like do certain things with symbols when like visually if it can't get the full information for something, it will sort of fill in the blanks. So I think like our imagination works the same way when we don't have enough detail of what it is we're looking at. Our imagination kind of adds in and that can sort of be where our interpretation stems from. So, I mean, an experience like that, I, I, I feel like what we can sort of think about it lesson wise is that like... Can we bring more discernment into our experiences even when on psychedelics and even when on LSD, knowing that that is a tendency of how our mind works? You know, like when we see something, it's just like it's be a, we'll see something and we'll be like, wait, wait, wait is like that actually what's there or is that what my imagination is filling in the blank with um, so to speak so just knowing that that's a possibility at least gives you um, the opportunity to just like bring in more like discernment to perhaps like take a second look or take a closer look or not like jump to conclusion right away but at the same time like sometimes those those conclusions are, in, are not just conclusions but sometimes those initial visions or perceptions are meant to sort of like evoke a certain emotional response within us which could be very important to our trip or something like that you know you like turn around and you see like the face of an owl coming out of you from like the from the forest but it's just like two lanterns or something like that right but in that moment like that actually was like the universe like sending you like a pulse of like the animal teachings of the owl or something like that you know so I mean um yeah, the language communicates to itself through the power, through, through the universe communicates to itself through the language of symbols, so in the same way dreams sort of come through things, it would make sense that within psychedelics experiences it can work in similar ways if that makes sense. What do you think, Rebecca?
7: Yeah, that makes sense because angels communicate through numbers. So today I saw two two two, and it resembles like to keep doing what you're doing and like It just sort of made sense, like, when I looked up those numbers (laughs) to, like, where I'm at. So, yeah, because I've been, like, doing yoga every day, and it's been, like, a new thing that I'm trying, yoga. I've done yoga before, but, like, not, like, consistently. So, yeah, and, like, it resembled to keep doing what you're doing and stuff like that. So, it just, like, made sense to me, the numbers I saw.
0: Cool, cool. Those are, um, yeah, like little things like those, the little synchronicities, um, again, you know, stuff like that always makes for like interesting stuff to document through quest journals because more and more people are seeing it. Like literally, like someone like right now somewhere in the world is like wondering why they're seeing 11.11 so gosh darn much. You know, like someone's like at that stage right now and then like that's going to take them further um, and things. But yeah, um, one thing that I noticed when I was on working with the 5 grams of sacred mushrooms on my recent experience was that, like, and even just on other psychedelic experiences, that, like, synchronicity seemed to be um, coming through in, like, a variety of ways and sometimes even more, like, pertinent and frequent ways. Um, and one thing uh, that I, I, it was just kind of funny, because, like, even within my um, experience, there was one moment where, like, I, th- I was looking at the clouds and I like thought to myself like hey that kind of looks like a wolf head in the clouds and then like as soon as I said that a dog barked like off in the distance. And I was just like, "What?" <laughs> like, so again, you know, it's kind of like this, like echo of the future rippling back to us um, as an example of like how synchronicity can work, or just like those like intuitive moments that we have um, that sort of like reveal to us uh, again more about our multidimensional nature and everything. Um, if so, Evan, did you want to jump in on this? Go ahead. I see you guys. Well, your mic open. Uh,
6: I'll relate something that's happened to me. Um, I, I could tell you about a lot of things that have happened to me spiritually but uh I've had a very spiritual life um and not all of it good uh, a lot of it bad but uh it got has gotten better uh, because of the direction change I've taken in my life but I remember an experience when uh, I was about i guess uh about nineteen years old, and I was going to a junior college, and my dad had a camper uh, a really small camper. In his backyard, and I was using it as a dorm. I was living in a little Keating camper while I was going to college. It was a tiny space, but it was adequate, you know, for a guy, a little TV and a little air conditioner in the window. But uh, one night I was sleeping, and uh, I just uh, seemed to uh, roll right up to the side and come right out of my body. And I was floating slowly up towards the ceiling in this camper. And there's one of those little lights mounted to the wall that's got those little round clicker switches, you know, the kind you click once and it's on, you keep turning and it clicks off, right? And I remember reaching up and touching that thing, and I I couldn't turn it. It would not turn. And it was kind of like the sensation, like if you've uh, been shot with Novocaine. You know, you can feel that something, I could feel something was between my fingers, but I couldn't tactically feel it with my skin. It was like because I was, I guess I would say I was out of my body, and so I could feel the switch, but I couldn't turn it, because it wasn't my flesh that was actually trying to turn it. I was trying to turn it with my soul, and I got scared, and I started uh, floating. I was, I kept floating up to the ceiling, and I looked up, and I could see right through the top of the camper shell, and I could see the moon coming out behind the clouds. In the sky, and and it's like I, I was seeing right through the roof of the camper. It's like the the roof wasn't even there. I was just seeing right through the physical matter of the camper shell. And uh, it, I, as I got about, I guess I got less than a foot from the ceiling of the thing. I got extremely scared, and uh, I called out to Jesus Christ. I said, "Jesus, help me!" And the instant that I did, I I turned sideways and I rolled right back into my body, and the weird one of the weirdest things about it was that I saw my eyelids open, in other words, I was already looking right through my eyelids into the room, I could see the room right there, I was seeing it with my eyes shut, and so I saw my eyeballs, my eyelids go up like blinds, but I was already seeing right through them, It was just noticing, oh, there went my eyelids, <laughs> but I was already seeing the room, it's like I was seeing come right through my eyelids. And like they weren't, you know, matter or, uh, or anything. And uh, that was a really freaky experience. And I sat up for about thirty-five, forty-five minutes, thinking about what I had just experienced. And I finally, calmed down enough to go back to sleep. I've had a lot of uh, spiritual experiences. I've had several out-of-body experiences. I had a couple uh, several years ago where uh, I was floating around in the room in my bedroom. And uh, the, the strange thing was that I could move myself. I could, I, I could go forward, but I couldn't really steer. And so I would bump into the wall, and then I could, I could, I, and I would turn. I was kind of like a screensaver. You know, you go up, you hit the, the thing, it goes up, hits the wall, and it bounces off the corner of your monitor, and it goes back down, and it hits another one. It's like ping pong, pong or something. You know, I was out of control. I couldn't control my direction, but I could accelerate or slow down, and I was just bouncing around the ceiling up there, and it was frustrating to me. I kept trying to say, well, wait a minute, I can control this. I know I can steer myself, but I was never able to do that. That's happened to me several times, and uh, I always um, came back to my normal self again, and uh, so I I thought that was really weird. I had about, about four or five like that. And so I've experienced, uh, you know, being out of my body, if you want to call it that, a number of times. And it's really, uh, it can be scary uh, for a person. Of course, now my religious beliefs would probably be very different from all of yours, you know. So I I would have different explanations for all these things. I'll just end by saying I've had some very negative experiences too uh, with entities that I do not believe have my best interest at heart in fact were uh, actually hate me Um, and and I think we all experience those kinds of things uh... entities that love us and entities that hate us and I think we're all going to experience that as we go through life and I think um, I I, I personally believe there is but one God and one God explains all spirituality there's just one and uh, I think that uh, the idea of other gods is uh, I think people tend to uh, investigate parts of their psyche and their emotion and uh, and deify them and so they believe that there are multiple gods But and this is kind of what Hindu philosophy is and, and, as I understand it, the deification of human emotions and that's why I think there are a, a million gods in the Hindu religion but because you know if you fear something well there's because there's a god of fear and if you are jealous over something, well, it's because there's a god of jealousy, and so on and so forth. And how many ways can you do that with human psyche and come up with a new god? But I I will just uh, just end on saying that uh, I I think we all have uh, very uh, interesting spiritual experiences as we go through this life, and and uh, I think it's worth uh, investigating uh, the origin of them. And, and considering uh, maybe we don't always have the right picture or the full picture and but uh, it, it's it's very interesting when we have an experience that we know for sure is, is clearly spiritual like if we are outside our body an out-of-body experience something like that can be very frightful because you know we're stuck in this flesh, you know and so when that gets upset you know we're taken in out of out of that environment to to just one where there's uh, you're not stuck in a in a physical body, it can be really spooky, but uh, I've learned to deal with that. I I don't have those experiences anymore, because I I had a profoundly religious experience with God, and I asked him to prevent these experiences from happening to me anymore, because they were demonic in nature, not not the ones I told you about, but some of the experiences that I had, some of the entities that I've encountered were were e- extremely evil. And uh and I, I got sick of those experiences and I wanted to be freed from them. And so I asked Jesus Christ to help me with that and I haven't had any since. And uh I'll just point that out. Anyway, I'm I'm done. I'll I'll meet on.
0: Thank you for sharing, Evan. Um, yeah, I think just like what you're hinting on there is is again just good, important information for us to be aware of as possibilities within this reality. Um, when you're talking about the out of body experiences, and and we do, you know, it's something that's come up before when we talk about like the idea of like benevolent and malevolent entities and intelligences and stuff within this reality. And it's something that we can definitely explore more in the future. And it's stuff that's come up in dream class, and it's stuff that maybe the yogi witch Michael Brazel might have some ideas on if we were talking about like basic protection and just like how to think about things like that. Um, I will say that we're going to have to wrap the class up soon enough, otherwise I'm sure it'll just be like a 10 hour broadcast and we'll just keep going and it'll totally be awesome that way. Um, so we're going to be doing that soon enough. Um, Michelle, you got your microphone open? Is there something you'd like to share? I imagine you're probably heading out soon.
3: Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's been an endurance for you, so yeah. wonderful job today.
3: Thank you, darling. Well, um, I can. Are we going to wrap in the next ten minutes, or I can go now? I can use this as a segue to
0: go. Um, are we going to wrap in the next ten minutes? Well, I want to do a tarot draw before we uh, to wrap oh. this up. And, oh, and I know you don't. And and that's what it. it may, do you want to do the tarot draw? You can do the tarot. Oh. Oh.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. You can do. You're excited about it. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> Michelle's I- gonna get a tarot deck, so um, I was gonna say Michelle can do the tarot draw, and then we can close with a short meditation, and and again in the same fashion. I want to be able to offer anyone else who wants to feel called to lead a short meditation, to uh, please feel free to do do that. Um, I know it's like a little bit late energy wise, but it would just be like sort of like centering in to our breath and just like reflecting on like gratitude and any intention, So, um. Michael, I know you have experience with that. Um, if no one else wants to jump in, is that something you might be able to do or or Michelle can do do it too. We can do it together. Yeah,
1: let's do
3: it together.
0: Okay, sure. You guys can I'll let you guys I'll let you guys do that. That'll be a fun one. So yeah. (laughs) yeah like seriously like a shared like short guided meditation I'm sure it's possible if you guys want to practice it so um, okay I was just going to say right before we get into the card thing uh, just based on um, Evan actually dropped um, he may still be tuned in I'm not sure but do we want to just go into any response uh, related to the topic of like malevolent benevolent entities and and what people should sort of just like maybe some ideas I can help people think about those things without feeling the need to be like freaked out about them because I know it's the thing people are just like. I'm really, I'm really interested in lucid dreaming and astral projections, but I don't want to get possessed by Satan, and I'm, you know, not totally into that stuff. And yeah, the, like, yeah. New Age is a gateway to like possession and things yeah. like that. Um, it, there's a lot of, it, again, it's important conversation, and it could be a whole thing in itself. But any short points on that, guys, feel free to. It
5: can to. be. I mean, it can be all those things. I mean, it depends on your intention. It comes back to intention, but I think it's also naive to think that malevolent entities don't exist. Um, you know, there is, there, is, there is stuff that is beyond us. There is ancient primal energy that, you know, it's like parts of the ocean we still haven't tapped yet. Um, so even in, in realms of the etheric realm, there are things that we don't quite understand yet. Um, I've done exorcisms. Um, I've studied demonology Um, I have friends who work with demons as entities Um, there's a whole branch of spiritual practice called the denominators they work with demon energy specifically Um, I have friends who are Satanists Um, I have friends who are Luciferians and Luciferians and Satanists are two different things Um, I think it's just a matter of doing your own research I think sometimes um, when fear becomes the context through which we're Looking at those things, we can create a very fear-based experience if that's what we're asking for. You know, it's like uh, when I see, you know, especially in the Catholic tradition, the exorcist and the demon. Does the priest exist because of the demon, or does the demon exist because of the priest? You know,
1: <laughs> but, yeah.
5: you know, it's like, but in, in the hierarchy, there are what we call the divine demonic which are those entities that are the, what we consider the fallen angels. And, you know, many of them retain their, their um, angelic names in the fall. And what they are, you know, it's like, you know, there are, there are bad things that happen in the world. And there's an energy that creates the circumstance for that thing to take place. And that's kind of the space that those energies work in. They're the ones that offer us opportunity and create change. Um, personal demons are the, the more difficult ones, the ones that are, are addictions or the things that we project out into the world as harm and um, and hate. And it's like we could go like, you know, I have done full long episodes on my blog talk channel just on demonology. So if people want to go check those out, they're more than welcome to. So yeah, it's a really big conversation, but I think too, just simply it just comes back to intention. If you need to have it, like if you take your Ouija board out and you need to have a fear-based experience and that's what you'll have <laughs> but if your intention is just to have an enjoyable experience connecting to whoever wants to come through in a very positive um, space and that's the experience you'll have. So it just all goes back to intention but don't be naive in thinking that those things don't exist, that when you leave your body to travel into the astral or when you have a psychedelic experience that those things can't be part of the experience because they very much can be part of the experience. And I've seen it. Like, I've seen some pretty wacky, crazy things um, happen. So I think it's important that if we are doing things like lucid dreaming and astral projection and working in the etheric, that we do our research, that we do our homework, we we talk to people, and um, we don't go in naively because you know it's in consciousness that you can do these things just because there's so many movies out there about demons and those kinds of things they exist in consciousness now they always have it's just now they have a form so you know just be careful you know I always say like you know STDs the spiritually transmitted diseases so just always put on your Mm. your protection before you go into the stuff you're doing whatever way that manifests for you
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks, Michael. Um, again, I just to keep things in the loop. We'll um, keep answers concise and, and allow these to expand in future discussions. Um, Almost leaving people on a cliffhanger there. It's just like, yeah, all you gotta do is just like be protected, and people are just gonna be like, but
5: how?
0: So, um, I don't know if there's more you want to say on that, but if anybody else wants, yeah, but... you
5: just you just watch paradigm shift. Just tune in the paradigm shift. To team
0: hangouts. yeah, that's yeah.
5: the best way to be protected. You
0: know? <laughs> Careful,
2: <laughs> I got a lot. I got a lot on this one. I got a lot on this
0: one. Paradigm shift takes no responsibility for any. Entity you may or may not encounter.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. awesome. um, Kyle, I know you got a few points. Michelle, and again, there's a couple other people. Um, just want to give a shout out. Uh, again, we got uh, Raphael actually joined the the hangout. So uh, Raphael, how's it going, man? Yo, much love. <laughs> um, if you want to unmute your microphone, feel free to just uh, give a give a quick hello. And is there if there is anything else on this, um, we'll let you uh, jump in as well. Or at any point, feel free to jump in. Um, go, hey, yep. hey guys. hey man, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. It's a little staticky, but but we can hear you. Hello.
5: All right, yeah. Actually, I jumped in a little bit late, but uh, uh, yeah. My name's Rafael. Uh, nice to meet you guys. Uh, I'm kind
6: of known more on Facebook by Uberman.
5: Uh, yeah. Uh, glad you know to jump in hearing some very interesting things. actually hope to hop into the next one and contribute a little bit more, too.
3: Excellent. Glad you're here, man. Welcome.
0: Sweet, man. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Sweet. Um, okay, Kyle, so we'll, uh, we'll pass it back to you and then Michelle, and then maybe you can segue that into the tarot card draw, and um, we'll wrap this up sooner rather than later. So, and Again, people were just... Uh, Michael was saying, you know, tune into his broadcast. You can find Michael's links through this episode afterwards, but it is... Um, blogtalkradio.com forward slash mbrazel if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Michael, do you want to just let people know no, your website?
5: It's, it's just, uh, yeah, just uh, blogtalkradio.com Michael Brazel. Um, find okay. me on Facebook at mbrazel's for Facebook. It's late okay. now. Um, but it, like if you have questions <laughs> on this stuff and just want to talk one-on-one, just always reach out. I'm always available.
0: Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. Um, and again, Michael was—we mentioned earlier—he had the recent quest journal up on the website and talking about his uh witch, witch Bhakti was it its Bhakti witch. Yeah. yeah Bhakti witch. Bhakti witch. Cool. Okay. So um, Kyle, we'll uh, pass it over to you, dude. What's up?
2: Alright. Uh, yeah, I've got very good points on that guy's dream. When he was talking about his dream, I got huge wide eyes, man. That's happened to me multiple times. And I've experienced that. I've experienced that fear. I know what he's talking about. Exactly. Like, it's, it's uncanny. Um, just when, he was, when he was going through his, uh, telling his dream, it brought me back to, to mine and my experience. And it happened a lot when I was in the barracks at Fort Riley. And it was something that was incredibly terrifying at first until I got the confidence to stand up and figure out what it was and like that out that paralyzing out of body experience so terrifying that's I'm not exactly entirely sure what that is, but it's just a way of showing you what what it's it it's a it's it's a way that the universe is, is unlocking some of your potential, it's unlocking more potential, unlocking more more abilities, more, more strength and power and love with inside of you is, is um, when that's happening to you, it's important to take a mindful note of it and say, oh wow, look, this is something they talked about. I kind of remember because when that happens to you, you pull out of the dream state a little bit and you enter more into a very vivid sort of spiritual state where you're you're totally conscious and awake and you know what's going on and that feeling of floating up to the ceiling you're like oh my god what the you know you know like you're like oh my god that feeling if you just accept and if you if you grab a hold of that that's a part of you that is a part of you trying to say hey look what we can do look what's possible Look what's possible outside of this realm. Once you wake up, it's still possible. That's, that's what that is. And, that, and for me, it was it was learning how to control it. Like he said, I could, I could accelerate and slow down, but blah, blah, blah. And it says taking those steps to go, hold on, wait, I can do this. And then it happens. And then, boom, you're doing it. And then later on in dreams, I would be like, okay, I remember this. I can do this. And I would just go... And, and and wouldn't even be walking anymore. And that's like the, that's it, it's like becoming an architect inside your dream. You're 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 becoming Neo from the Matrix. You know, at that moment, accepting that you are you are gaining the ability to be that much more versatile in your world that you've created in the world that we share. Mm-hmm. So that's and 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 yes, you can say like. That, that is a part of you. That's that is you. That's your power, and yeah. to just throw that to the side and say it's a it's a demon and I need, you know, like I'm not bashing anybody, but to say that like, that's this and blah blah blah. I'm like, no, that's being childish. That's being spiritually immature and not wanting to accept what's real. I, I don't know. I have a thing with that. Like.
1: I, I you can't blame them. everything
2: on demons. I'm like yes, demons, like, like I would say that they exist, but I've had very, very many clashes with them, and beings like that. I have a lot of experience with inhuman entities, and when you get to demons, you get to two different things. You can have something that's, well, if you look at it, what is a demon? A demon is an inhuman entity. It's a, It's an entity that's never been human. It's never going to be. And then you have people who are stuck that are stripped of their humanity to the point where they can't move and that and they're stuck in between here and the next. And those people have become so stripped of their humanity and harbored so much resentment they no longer have the, the universe is not allowing them to, to reestablish um, central point with body connection with physical connection anymore because they've given up on that. You know, mm-hmm. they they've they've surrendered to becoming part of the dark weave instead.
0: Hmm. Um Michelle, go ahead. I know you wanted to jump in. Thanks, Kyle.
3: Yeah, I wanted to say that the more and more I learn about the universe, the more and more I it's all about wielding your own power and um and your your alignment with your own power. And yeah, so you cannot give your power up to anything in life, whether it be darker forces, whether it be other people. But um, just it, it all comes back to, it seems, in bhakti yoga and the truth of our consciousness, everything, and I said this earlier today on the other podcast, it all comes back to the knowing your heart and the integrity of your heart and using the power of your heart to guide your way in every part of your life, but also... Um, as a like amplifier of, of of what I believe is like the highest based consciousness, which is actually um, I'm finding is like Christ consciousness, which is that golden interweaving of like pure light energy that we all kind of share and carry. And I feel like the ascension consciousness is a lot about that, like love based consciousness. And that's my understanding, my personal understanding of what that is. And I don't believe, I believe that that is the light, and that um, the more we align to that, uh, the better, more, the more we can hold true in the face of other forces. But um, I'm definitely not an expert on, you know, demonology and such. And so uh, I don't, I, that's just what I know about, like, my wisdom is, um, Yeah, it's just all about owning your own, your own vibration. And if you own your own vibration and you don't give it away to anything else, then, like, you're, you're good. Um, yeah, but I experience all different kinds of things at different points in my journey. So it's always changing, that's for sure. Okay, enough of that. Let's draw a card, huh? Let's show me.
0: Yes, please. Let's do it. Let's do it, Michelle. Yeah.
3: All right. So I'm burning sage because sage is a powerful cleanser of energy. And my prayer in this moment is that because there's going to be so many people watching this broadcast and it's like a weekly thing is that we draw with a message. I'm drawing from the Toth or the Thoth tarot uh, deck um, and that may it be alchemizing and changing and positive for all of us. And I have a really badass book um, that I love that I've never shared publicly ever. It's called Mirror of the Soul. And it's a, this is an interpretation, and I'll read out of that. And also, um, if anything comes to me or any of y'all, my friends, um, feel free to jump in on what your interpretation of the card is. So, om namah shivaya, om namah shivaya, om namah shivaya. The highest of the high, that
1: yes, we are a guide the perfect
3: right card for the highest of us all. Oh, oh. This is not one of my favorite cards, but maybe this will be good. Um, It's the Seven of Swords and it's Futility. Um, This is a card, so the word futility itself means um, like when you try things and the effort of trying them, like you run into obstacles. Um, Some of them you get to draw another card to see what happens when you let go of that, so let's see what this is one of those. Um, Negative expectations is a big thing, the large sword of clarity is attacked and injured by six smaller swords and loses energy and endurance, the smaller swords each of which bears planetary symbols on its hilt represents pessimistic thoughts which prevent clear success I'm sure nobody knows what that is about. I definitely do. Conscious and unconscious, sun and moon, either at the end of the central sword, have traded positions. Gloomy subconscious expectations muddy your insight. Heavy anxiety prevails, although in reality, everything is going perfectly well. Gosh, I I relate to that so much of like where your negative thoughts are really the only thing that's actually impeding anything and actually everything is fine. Um, I love that. So... Uh, discouraging aspects of the six small swords can be explained in the following way Neptune everything seems to be clouded by a film or a veil I just don't know what I want Venus but it's too good to be true Mars I haven't the energy there is no time I'm already too old Jupiter there is too much good at once I could never cope with so much success Mercury but I just can't convey it properly Saturn it is simply too much trouble and it takes too long These literally destructive thoughts need not be taken seriously. The reality is somewhat different from your present perception of it. Soon you will be able to laugh over your own doubts. Oh, I love that. That makes me very, very happy. Your fears have nothing to do with reality. Wake up and see what's really happening. In what areas of your life do you diminish yourself with your own limited ideas? What are are your constricting belief systems? draw another card asking the question how will my life look when i drop my doubts and then the affirmation is i am the master i master all, ooh, i master all the skills and means needed to achieve that which i long for most deeply so that's um, So that's beautiful because I I feel like the first half of the year, this is my interpretation of the card, I feel like the first half of the year we did this retrograde cycle. So there was like six months of like five planets going backwards and we read all those planets, right? And so all of those doubts, all of those fears, all of those past life things, all of that came up for like regurgitation to be looked at, to be looked at, to be looked at. Mars is moving forward like tomorrow or so or like today I think it happened or yesterday actually I think it was and then there's a period a window of like this um the still Mars and then like July 11th is when we're going to start picking up speed and energy and then a month later at the end of August like uh, three more planets or something go go direct so there's like this of energy that comes out and then by like September October we're going to be like full fuel into like what this next three-year cycle is so for like 17, 18, 19 is going to be like phase two of Ascension. So like all that shit that you just brought up is like now we're going forward into it. So um, so it's not a time for doubts anymore, but it's a time for, for whatever this next card is. So let's see what that is. Okay. I'm going to put that down. Separate. Right. Does anybody else have any thoughts on before we go into the next one?
2: Yes, I do. four um, of for... Yeah and that is repose of air, and that is, um, um, sitting, it's, it's, you've done the hard work, it's, you still might feel like there's more to be done, but really what you need to do is right now is just take a moment to relax and know that you put the, you put forth the effort, um, Time to just, like, the battle's over. There You still feel weary and attentive, but now whatever you put out is now in work. It's in motion. The wheels are turning. That's what Four of Swords was for me. But you pulling the Seven of Swords is very, very synchronistic. It's very in line with that. So I I just thought that that was very unique, that we are all, you know, we're all on the same page here in the Paradigm shift. I'm getting four swords, she's got seven, you know, that's, that's perfect, that's absolutely perfect.
7: Yeah, it totally makes sense to, like, me and my roommate, she's sitting here right now saying, oh my god, this all, like, totally makes sense in my life, like, I've let go of so much, and I'm, like, you know, yeah, we're, like, she's come so far, and we all have... So it's really cool.
0: Michelle, just check your mic and pass it back to you.
3: Thank you, honey. <laughs> um, so the what will our lives look like? So I know this card personally very, very well. I can read in the thing, but I just I just know what this um, interpretation is. And and I psychically which card,
0: I'm which card is it?
3: Queen of Wands. So I'm going to share, since um, Rebecca said that thing, I'm going to share what this card means personally to me. And psychically, I feel like Michael should also share what this card means to him. And then he'll go into we'll med- go into whatever form of meditation. But I just like right away, I was like, oh, Michael has to, I know that you have something, some juice medicine with this card. Um, so the Queen of Wands, in this particular book, it talks about how she once had dark hair, and the leopard at her side was like, it was a black jaguar, perhaps. And what happened was she turned gold for her own transformation. And I feel like I do need to read some of it, not only for myself, but for us. But um, that uh, because of her transformation, her I think it's a release of her fear that she she gives away um, what was holding her back and then becomes this radiant being of uh, life but, and light. But also because it's kind of like in the broadcast when we talked about... Um, you go, you descend to ascend, and so it's like you go through the shit, you go through the retrograde, you go through the murk, and then from that you have like something to offer the world, and then that's beautiful because that that resonates with me even on my journey that I'm talking about uh, going on where I want to teach. Um, so she's the watery aspect of fire, self knowledge, change, compassion. The Queen of Wands has mastered self-knowledge. She has looked deep into her own nature, which has led to transformation of her being. The story says that at one time she had black hair, and the panther, at her, com- her companion, had black fur. The transformation she underwent left her with golden blonde hair and turned the panther into a lion. However, her knowledge of her former condition filled her with compassion for those creatures not yet free and in in order to be able to help others, she chooses to wear reddish-brown hair and keeps the lion in the form of a leopard, whose black spots bear witness to the darkness of the past. The queen sits in a fiery throne wearing armor of scales with a fish emblem on the breast. It is the unifying of water and fire, of intuitive recognition and emotional involvement, which affect inner transformation. Her crown of intellectual clarity, expanded perception, still bears the nails of the crown of thorns, a reminder of the humiliation and suffering which preceded her transformation. Her eyes are closed in quiet ecstasy. The consciousness is turned inward, and her presence radiates the blessedness of inner peace. The pine cone at the end of the wand symbolizes spiritual growth. The wand held in this position Reminds us to ground our self-realization in the earth as well as allow others to share in it. You have worked hard on yourself and made progress. It is time to learn how to share this with others. Let your self-realization be expressed in your daily life. How can you share what you have found for yourself with other people? Meditate on the following statement. Learning is finding what you already know. Action is showing that you know and teaching is letting others know that they know it as well as you. I am a radiant, and we can all like, say this to ourselves together. I am a radiant being filled with light and love. And I honor my shadow because it gives me compassion for others. Oh. That is our tarot reading. And I will pass it to Michael to share what he knows about either futility or the Queen of Wands and also to other me medication.
5: Yeah. Well, I think Futility is, you know, it goes back to all that stuff we were talking about, like grief and pain and all of that stuff. Like sometimes, like, and you said this earlier, and I, because of the the dre- dreariness of the night, you you said a very powerful mantra um, when we were talking earlier, and it's I don't know. And I think it's okay not to know. I think sometimes the most sacred mantra we can say is I don't know, and and that's where futility comes in. Like sometimes just sitting down and saying God just letting that be your starting point and just saying, it's okay not to know. I'm just going to sit right here and just enjoy not knowing until something opens. And when we look at the, the queen, in my tradition, we, we, we honor the star goddess, God herself. And the story of her creation, how she created the universe, is that she looked into the void, the big black mirror of the universe, and saw her own reflection and made love to herself and through that orgasmic experience of making love to herself and knowing herself completely in her own totality the entire universe is born so it's you know when I see that card that you pulled the, the reference in the simple statement that comes up is you know she loved herself enough that she turned golden you know it's like just love yourself that's like one of the most Powerful and most difficult spiritual things to do. You know, just love yourself. If if nothing else, just for today, give it give it a try. You know, love this next breath. And with that, we'll jump into the meditation. Um, So just get settled, like wherever you are, for just a moment. (sighs) Just take one deep breath in, just let it out. Just let yourself settle into the body. And I'm just going to invite you into this moment in whatever way feels best for you, in whatever way feels right. um, Sit how you are, breathe how you are, and let the body breathe for itself. It knows how to do this. And if you want, bring a hand to your chest and feel the rise and fall of your own breath as it moves in and out of the body.
4: Feel the thunder of your own beating heart. Constantly saying the mantra, I love you, I love you, I love you. That's the mantra of the heart. So for just a moment, let's just drop together into that space of the heart, to that place of deep love and deep belonging. Sharing in this moment together, breathing in. And breathing out step into the mystery of your own being even if it's just for this short time that we're together breathing in breathing out feeling the mantra of your heart beneath your hand i love you i love you i love you resting in this place for just a moment.
5: And as you listen to the mantra and feel the mantra of your heart beneath your hand, imagine that expanding out, filling the very room that you're sitting in, moving into the
4: very space you're sitting in, extending out the walls and into
5: the earth and up to the sky. Extending out through the interwebs, touching everyone who's on this broadcast, both now and in the future. Just allowing yourself to be part
4: of something a little greater for just a few moments. Surrendering into this moment with each breath. Acknowledging how sacred it is to be able to breathe in this moment together.
5: Let's take a deep breath in together. And exhale fully. Let's take a deep breath in. And let's exhale fully. Take a deep breath in. Hold it at the top. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it.
4: Let it go. And just know that you're loved. And there you
5: have it. Blessed be and namaste.
1: Aho.
0: Aho. Thanks Michael.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. I was kind of in like for me personally it's it's uh, obviously, you know, nice to just be able to sit back and listen and just, even just there like I was kind of the fact that it's getting late I think for some of us you know just kind of like starting to fall asleep. And then, like, as I was doing that meditation, like, that kind of happened. Like, I was starting to fall asleep. So then I was kind of, like, not just, like, imagining but kind of, like, dream space. But, like, I was, like, in this, like, heart expansion vision. And so, like, it, it felt like I was just kind of, like, whoosh, like, somewhere else for a second while still hearing your voice. So it's kind of cool. Um, I, I, I want to be able to, like, make that more in the future, sort of, like, hypnagogic meditation that you're supposed to fall asleep to sort of thing, guided meditation. That would, like, just, like, integrate itself into your dream kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, but, yeah. No, yeah, thanks. Well, I again. do
5: regressive hypnotherapy, so like we could always mm-hmm. like set up a session, and then like I can take people. We can do like a meditation, but I can
1: mm-hmm.
5: journey us into a light trance, so that you can actually experience what we call the somnambulistic state, which is that some that kind of a theta state. So something to think about, like you know, especially like for one of those dream classes or something. That'd be kind of a fun experience. It's Michael, I remember
2: my friend Matt. Yeah, yeah. He's also a hypnotherapy therapist, um, certified and all that mess. He's got his own website. He did that to me one time. It was pretty cool. I was uh, I was also in the barracks at that time. I was at Fort Riley.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, he's he, if you if you want to link up with him on Facebook, I sent him your link. So thought maybe you guys would be good to link up to and bounce
0: ideas back and forth. Cool, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, Can you send me his link as well, Kyle? Yeah, I can. I didn't get him in the last tag. Um, Michelle, you had something to say, or? I think, did you have something to say earlier? Maybe? Let's
1: go to bed. Woo!
0: Let's go to bed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, most definitely. Um, just checking again if there, if there's there anything else anybody else wants to say at this point, even just expressing your gratitude. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for joining in. It's
3: been yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. a yeah.
3: beautiful broadcast.
0: Mm-hmm. Massive quantities Total of gratitude. Yeah, these 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 team building hangouts are always important. Just sort of like allow whatever needs to come through to come through. And so yeah, we definitely got into some good stuff. So thanks for
4: Absolutely. for joining
0: and being a part of that, guys. And much love. Um, again, if anybody anybody else have anything they want to share, no, that's okay. Um, Rebecca, good to just see you again. Night. Glad you got to tune in. Um, I know, Rebecca, you had some team-building hangouts and stuff happening in Jasper, so cool to see that those are going, and, of course, we can always talk about that more in the future. And, uh, yeah, just wrapping things up on a final note, um, reminding people that Future Team Broadcast, the next live one, is going to be on Thursday, July 7th, and that is going to be Paradigm Shift Destiny School with the topic of sacred geometry. So you guys can sort of prepare ahead of time for that one. And um, other than that, though, uh, definitely just go check out the main website, explore, create your own quest journal, sign up for the team Patreon when you can. And thank you so much, everyone, for being a part of this broadcast. And, of course, continue the conscious conversations where you are and help build the conscious com- conscious community where you are. And, uh, of course, feel free to connect with me personally at Skull Babylon on Facebook and everybody else tuning into this broadcast. You can find them through the links in the show notes and YouTube.com forward slash Skull Babylon as well. And uh, again, sign up for the Team Patreon to get the super secret video that doesn't exist of me doing 5 grams of sacred psychedelic mushrooms. So we'll end on the-